So I'm I'm having to write an intro because Kevin th- says I need to have an intro. <sighs> this is the show. Hi guys. I might genuinely be your best intro ever. <laughs> I might genuinely be your best intro. <laughs> I thought that was a genuine, oh, um, genuine yawn. It was. Um, but yeah, it was no, that's, that's the best part. It was a genuine yawn. <laughs> I might be your best intro ever. It was 100% a genuine uh, yawn. Sir. Jesus Christ. Hey folks, how are we doing today? Fine. <sighs> Yay! Fantastic to hear. <laughs> Fantastic to hear. So, uh, what's up? What's going on? What are we doing? What are we talking about? What's up? We're we're here. <laughs> we're here. Why am I hearing an echo? Because uh, I I just pulled up the uh the chat and uh, it was uh. Live. I thought I thought I had my volume down when I pulled the chat up. That's okay. Uh, well, what are we talking yeah. about today? Some wow yeah. shit, and then what we've some been more doing in shit. the past few weeks. Well, yeah, obviously, but in general, primarily wow shit today. We actually have a topic again. We don't really have a topic. We don't really have a topic. It's just we me have a and Gav going to be shooting the shit. It's literally what it's going to be. Me and Gav just shooting the shit. <laughs> or it's just like us shooting the shit. Uh, Kevin, what have you been up to? What's the oh, last boy. Uh, Fortnite been like for you? Um, so everyone started playing World of Warcraft again. So I decided to start playing World of Warcraft again. Um, so yeah, I am now then, playing World of Warcraft. And then everybody got into beta. Except and now me. they're not playing beta. Now they're well, not playing retail, they're playing did. beta. No, I'm, three I'm people playing did. both. I'm playing both. Chris is playing both. So this is what happened. You guys all went Horde, and then I was like, I don't really like any of the Horde races, but I do like Volpera. So party, party. I decided I decided that I was going to grind for Volpera. And um so that that means doing all of the quests in so what i decided to do was not transfer my main character because um i will not kill my gnome the gnome will live on forever but i will boost to 120 because fuck all that more, leveling more shit more money than sense i guess yes. so even though i had a 110 boost che- for free the thing is it would have been cheaper to just transfer your priest by like $5. I, did, I, I, I leveled from 110 to 120 in less than an hour a level. Yeah. It was less than an hour a level. I checked my slash play because I had like Seth, two hours where I was just like AFK at the keyboard doing nothing. Seth leveled from 1 to 120 in a couple days. Yeah. So, I mean, there were some benefits of getting the 120. I had World Quest unlocked 
already, which was good. It took me but five minutes have, to unlock You'd them. have them unlocked already because you have a max character on yes. your account. You just go to Nathanos and they're unlocked. All right, well, I fucked up. Shit. I had a free one of ten boost. I didn't know I was going to have to do all those fucking quests for this fucking rep. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, I was like, hilarious. I'm going to jump in and get a bunch of rep quickly. Of us, so you just... <clears throat> you well, you leaped before you looked. We would have helped. Anyway, so I was thinking about doing a rogue, and then I was, I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to play priest again. So I'm going back to my roots. I'm doing a holy priest. It will be holy primarily. I know everyone wants me to switch specs. <coughs> but yeah, I that's genuinely what I'm going to do. You to, I genuinely think you should give a different healer a try next expansion. I think you should level another character at some point. I spent a lot of time playing Discipline when I came back and uh, grinded for the world. Um, grinding for flying. and. I just, eh, it's okay. I think you should give Monk a try. Maybe I will. I do have a Monk. I do have a Horde I, Monk. I just gotta switch servers. I will level a Monk with you. Kevin, remember, you don't need to switch servers. I think I have 90. You don't oh, even need to right. switch server. That's true. Um, because you're not going to be doing Mythic rating, so you don't have to switch servers. Okay, Chris, so pre-patch, I'll level the Monk up because I'm at 90 already with him. Okay, there you go. Um, so he's already most of the way there, and we should get some kind of we should get some buff for pre patch or no? There's no buff. There's no XP bonus. It's already fucking ridiculously high, anyways. So yeah, yeah well, there you, wasn't for it. the Legion one, but we still got no. There isn't. There really isn't quickly. an ex, There isn't a level thing this time. They've already made that clear because they don't. There okay. doesn't need to be. There's the switching the levels, levels like like that's you your don't level get any levels. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna go live in pre patch. That's what you're saying. Yeah. The yeah, whole and every then, every system that's coming in Shadowlands will go live in pre-patch. You just won't yeah, have access no, to the Shadowlands specific stuff. There will be no Legion style grind or BFA style pre-patch event <laughs> where you can just grind to max level in five minutes. If anything, leveling might be harder <laughs> because of the fucking event. <laughs> yup. Uh, because you need to. We'll, we'll talk. To we'll that. talk about the event yeah. when we get to. We'll talk about. It. All right. So. So that's what I did. Um, I named him Fuzztail because I'm going to switch him. Well, right now he's a troll. And then I'm going to switch him to a Volpira once I unlock that. I'm at 8,000 rep out of 21,000 rep. He's a goblin. Yeah, you're right. He's a goblin now, not a troll. <laughs> I get them mixed up. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's, that's what I did. Um, I have to tell you that it's fucking horrible going in at max level because there's so much shit that you have to unlock and so uh -huh. many quests you have to do. Well, I mean, I'll I'm be completely you, confused. I'll be honest with you. Even when I did the 110 boost, and it's like, okay, we're play, plopping you straight down in the middle of BFA content. I right. bypassed like every single side quest there was. I just went straight ahead and just ground through the story quests. The thing and is, you don't need to do any of the side quests to level. You just going through the main story, even in Shadowlands, well, it's going to be the case. You'll be fine. Going through the main story, just just not even all of the main story, just the primary portion of the main story you have to complete uh, on your leveling track. Like I got to, I was level one twenty by the time I got to tight strong tight forest, whatever the fuck the northern zone is. Um, I did Voldoon. Voldoon, I. Sorry, I did Voldoon. You did Voldoon first. Did, 
And then I did Zandalar. Zuldazar. Zuldazar. I did Voldoon and Zandalar, Zuldazar. Um, I did about three quarters. Nazmir. I didn't do Nazmir. No, I've never even touched Nazmir. Nazmir. Oh, no, geez. I got to Nazmir 120. I did about, I got to 120 about three fourths of the way through Zuldazar. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, admittedly, I had my heirlooms on. So that's I what have I should have heirlooms done. on. That's what I should have done, honestly, because I don't think there was any bonus. Or yeah, I wasted sixty dollars. You're at detriment if you boost. You add. You're honestly. You're if if you haven't unlocked flying or you need to do essences and all that jazz, you're at a detriment if you don't boost. The only thing that I gained from that was having like max level gear. Well, they get well. They give you decent gear to start with. They give you decent gear, but the Uh, funny thing is, is like I geared up faster than Kevin did because I was at four twenty for a while before Kevin was. Before Kevin got up yeah. to uh, over 410. Well, I was doing a lot of shit that I didn't need to do because yeah, I did all of the quests stuff. in Voldoon. Yeah. Um, didn't, yeah. So I did that. And then I went and did the Z's or the Nazmir. And then I did Zoldazar after mm-hmm. that. And see, the funny thing is, like, I've pretty much finished all of the, I've finished the war campaign and I've finished almost all of the heart of, I finished all of the heart of Azeroth stuff right now. I'm just working on like Nashatar and some other things, but I have not gotten anywhere near completed with the zone stories. Like I know about Vol'jin, I know about Vol'jin, but I haven't done the quest chain for him. Yep. Yeah. I haven't touched that question yet, actually. So yeah, that's the thing though. You've got, all of the zone quests, you have the main or the war campaign quests, you have the heart of Azeroth quests. It's all just like quest spaghetti. There's just like so much crap to do at max level. It's and it's like I, I can't wait for the system in Shadowlands where they have a different quest indicator for main story because it's very Which, difficult by the way, to I know doing, if you're going down a rat hole. I was doing um I was I leveled something through um, Exiles Reach on beta, and I went to do the BFA intro stuff. They are marked with the main story indicator now as well. Well, but the thing is, the thing is, it doesn't matter because, like in in BFA, you've got your war campaign delineated out with a special marker. So it's like, I know where my war campaign no, no, is. No, no, I know I what mean, the main quest line is. I mean, it. the zone quests are marked with the main indicator now. Yeah, the zone quests are what I had trouble with because if you get an add-on that Chris told me about B- BTW, BTW, is it quests. BTW, BTW quests? quests, yeah. You can actually see the tree of like, you have to do this quest, then this quest, then this quest, and it kind of like flow charts it out for you. And sometimes that flow chart gets to a point where it splits into three. And then you've got to do those three before you can move on to the next one. And it's hard to tell, like, are all of those three part of the main story or is one of them a side quest? And like when you're going through the zones, when you get to that area of the zone that you're in, you'll see additional like exclamation points that are side quests and are totally not necessary to do to progress the main story line. So it's like it becomes like this guessing game like is this you know exclamation point that i pick up going to be part of it or not or is it going to lead me down a 15 minute rat hole in a different direction where i've just wasted that time anyways who cares 
But yeah, but if you're just trying to plow through the the main storyline for the zone, well, that's why that's why I linked you BTW that. Quest because yeah. anything that is because that's set up so that it's every quest in Zoldazar or mm-hmm. main story quests only. If you click on the main yeah. story quest only, even if it branches out into like three different quests, all of those are part of the main story quest because yeah. that's the section you clicked on. Yeah, and <laughs> that's been very helpful, and it has helped me to like abandon some quests that i can do later so that i can focus on the main story quest so i can get through that because that's what i was trying to do um yeah and yeah i mean and how far into how far into revered did that take you kevin um i don't think it got me to revered for the other two zones maybe it got me into the very beginning of revered for the uh for zandalar um, will get you pretty fucking close because there's so many quests Zildazar. Zildazar has so many. Yeah. So I the, I was able the other to. Much. I think I got to revered on Voldoon by doing every single quest in the entire zone. Yes. And then once I started doing world quests and stuff, I was able to get through revered. Then you just got 12k to go. No, then you have 21k to go. 21k for world world quest. Quest. Yeah. It's 12 to revered. It's 12 so to honor to revered, and it's 21. And you get an average of what? Like 100? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Can I, can I say I kind of respect that, you're, that you want the Volpera that much that you're going through that fucking grind? I kind of respect that. That noise. Fuck right, that so noise. If, if there's no, if there's no um, like chest, emissary. Right? the chest, yeah, the emissary quest, that gives you around 1500, right? Something like that. So a good chunk. Normally, it's like a hundred, right? Yeah, give or take. Um, and then if you add the contract, that gives you an additional ten per quest. Mm-hmm. And then so, you also have the. And then if you do your campaign table, if it if you're lucky enough that your campaign table has stuff, it's anywhere between a hundred and twenty five and three hundred. Yep. Or yeah. more. It could be up to two fifty to five hundred or something like that. Right. But those so, are rare. Yep. Yes, they are rare, and I've only seen them once or twice. So if I just did World Quest, it would be 190 World Quests, which is World Quest one, like what, six a day? Six seven, to eight. eight. Yeah. Six to eight, yeah. yeah. So, okay, let's say seven. That's 27 so days this, so or folks, a month this worth is of how we've had for content because we know it's a really light news day and we don't have a whole lot to talk about so kevin is sitting here we're not padding we're not padding for content this is my fucking life right about. now this is 27 padding. days <laughs> 27 days of my life wasted to get these fucking little fox people okay uh, which Actually, by the way that rep requirement goes away in september shut up chris I'm gonna get <laughs> so by the time you get it, the rent requirement's gonna go away. Yes, but I'll I'll know. I'll know that I have gotten it the correct way. Okay. The I just correct think that's hilarious. By the time you're gonna get the rep, the rep's gonna be going away. <laughs> I mean I feel like I'm putting in the work to get this and then that's, I'll appreciate it saying. later. I respect it. I respect your putting in that Thank effort you. because you're oh. going to get it before it goes away so you'll have it and you'll be able to say you did it. Yes. So it um, you know, if I get some emissaries, if I get some table quests, it'll take less than 27 days. I'm also, already at 8,000 out of 21,000. Bear in mind if you transferred the your your equivalent rep would have already been exalted. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> yeah. oh, 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 hey, by the way, Kevin I didn't have uh, exalted on that character anyway. It would have oh, been closer. 
would have been closer. Um, just a heads up, um, world quests, if they still hold true to how they did in Legion, if I remember correctly, um, they refresh. It's a soft refresh every six hours. And then at the hard refresh, which is the full whole world wipe, happens every 24. So you need to go on every six hours to check your quest to see if any new ones have popped up. I know. Um, uh huh. But anyway, he's already so, looked into this ship. <laughs> oh God, it's. I mean, grinding any reputation to exalted is just a nightmare. Um, I mean, come back and talk to me when you had to fucking grind three fucking thistle fur beads. Here's the obligatory reference to an older talk expansion. To me when you had to grind fucking Hydraxian Warlord bullshit. Water. Come on, get yeah. it out of your system now. Okay, so Kevin, Kevin, the fact that you can just do fucking world quests to get your rep, it fucking boggles my mind some days when I look back to doing Timber Maw hold rep and getting thistle oh, for beats. No, let's not talk about Timber Maw, please. Yeah, was that, no, exactly was that longer about. or less that than 27 days? Longer of a grind. Depending depending on how if you were going for Exalted, which you were a fucking madman if you went for Exalted, yep. it was very long. Um and so the thing is, is that what you had to do was that this is using classic respawn timers. So respawns were a couple of minutes apart. Um, and you would have to grind a small pack of furl bogs right outside of Timber Maw Hold. Uh, or a small pack of furl bogs right inside, uh, right outside of Timber Maw Hold in Winterspring or in Felwood. And you had to get lucky because they didn't always drop the beads that you needed for the rep turn. Nope, and then it you was had a to low drop rate. Then you had to get all the beads. Then you had to get a pack of beads together, and then you had to turn it in, and it gave you like fifty rep. <laughs> and then you had to rinse and repeat, and you would be doing that for hours. And God help you if someone beat you to a set of spawns or you something like that. Just... Then you just said, "Fuck it, I'm going to go pick run ton tubers for an hour or two. Well, yeah. what would the ideal length of time be to grind something to Exalted? Because I feel I think, like a month is way too I, fucking no, long. No, I think three weeks is a good period. I think three weeks... Three I weeks? Think, I'd say two weeks. I think, I think Wrath had a really good system. Yeah, we've talked about the Wrath, Wrath system works system. better. I think they went too far in one direction with Cataclysm. and then, But then if you look at Vanilla and all that, it's too far in the other direction. I think yeah. Wrath had a really good balance. Hey, Chris. Yeah? What have you been up to the last two weeks? What have I been up to? Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Get back playing, on topic for a second there. I've been playing retail. Uh, my shaman uh, on US, Area 52, is 450? No, 460 now. Just shy, just shy of 460 now. Um, that's, doing, that's without doing raids and only doing a handful of Mythic Pluses, to be totally honest with you. Um, yeah, it's, 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 I'm really glad everyone in, in our little friend group decided to go hard because that's the only reason my US account is active because we're hard because by the way, huh? I'm loving it by the way that we're you're, going hard. You're loving that we're hard. Yeah. Good, the horde is great. Horde is terrible. War criminals, oh. all of them. I mean, sort of the Alliance is fine. Um, we've been through this, Chris. The Alliance is a much less war crimey faction than the Horde. Yes, yes, they are, but they're they're the Alliance, so hashtag burn the tree. Um let's see, what else have I done? Uh I've been playing a lot of beta. I crapped on a beta. I got 
my shaman to 60 on beta. Uh, working through that, getting some gear, trying How the world. How long did it take you to get 60? I didn't time it. You I could just, just splash blades since it's a new character. And I mean, kind of estimate I from there. The thing is, I think it actually carries over because it's essentially a realm transfer. Yeah, it'll carry over my slash blade for my original shaman. It's a possibility, but remember, it also does a lot. I will of double check. Stuff. I mean, remember, I it also does check. a lot of weird stuff when you do it too. So, the only way check. to know now is to just do it again. Well, the problem is not really because you get extra stuff because you're leveling your covenant on alts from the get go as well. Well, is there a better system for alts? Yeah, with alts, you the second you enter um, Oribos on your second character, you you pick your covenant right away rather than picking it at level cap. Okay. So you get extra stuff from your covenant. Extra stuff meaning exp boost. Um, depend. I I think if you go straight to your covenant zone, you'll be you'll have access to your your covenant area and all that jazz. So potentially. So I haven't I haven't completed it all yet. So I'm still t- I'm still testing that shit out. Although my paladin's bugged, so that's a problem. I need to fi- I need to work, figure out that out, that shit out. Um, yeah, playing a lot of beta. Uh, I love the level squish. It's wonderful. So I was doing dungeons on the beta, and take a guess at how much DPS is on average at the moment. Bear in mind, there's not been like a balancing overpass or anything. What are people doing? What do you think? One thousand. Close. Uh, like a burst phase was about three k. A sustain was about one point five. Hmm. So they've really squished those fucking numbers down. I love it. Wow. Can and you actually like, like recognize health. the numbers, like, or is it just like funny numbers like they are now? No. Like, if it was it funny numbers, like we'd be hard? doing like hundred and seventy k. So we're doing like one k. Kevin. But like when you're playing the game, does it matter? Like, do you notice no, when you're hitting? No, percent wise, hard? it feels the exact same. Okay, it's just the numbers are smaller. Yeah, which is and the what, same for most squishes. And what's your eye level at? Because I think I heard it's like around a hundred now. I'm one forty-seven. Uh, at max level. At max level. Uh, Vel, when he made his character, was one twenty-three. 125, and his character is fully kitted out in Mythic uh, Nihilotha gear. So the actual eye level from Mythic Nihilotha all the way up to max level, at least hitting max level, isn't that big a difference. I'm still using my cloak. My cloak is 155 when I zoned in, and I haven't found an upgrade for it, and I don't think I will until I get into more dungeons. I don't think they will. I don't think they'll change that. There's no reason to change that. You'll, You'll upgrade it when you get into dungeons, but for leveling it just and helps you level. Up. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Hmm. It's fun though. More on beta later in the show. Yay. Maybe. Yeah, what you been doing? Uh wow. Hearthstone and online hypertension simulator. What's that? Is that free Rudy, to play? Rudy Tootie Point and Shooty. America Freedom the Game. Oh. I haven't played Warzone in a while. <laughs> I was going to say, you haven't played... Co- you online Hypertension Simulator. It is online that. Hypertension Simulator. It's just screaming children and people who take the game way too seriously. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just got into WoW and been playing that. Like, everybody got into WoW and it's just like, everybody's just like, 
They've abandoned Snowy. They've abandoned Duggle. They've abandoned everybody. I yeah, mean, everyone's just playing WoW, and I'm just like, I kind of want to go play some some Call of Duty. I guess I want to shoot some people in the heads or in the dicks. What I mean, the thing that I do like about that is that I was able to jump into Call of Duty and play with you guys right away. It took me like a month, or it took me like a day's worth of playtime to get to a point where I can even do a dungeon with you guys. I will say right now, I did really enjoy jumping into Call of Duty again and doing multiplayer with you guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of the Warzone or Battle Battle Royale Royale, Battle Royale systems. I'm not a fan of it. And I understand that. It's it's definitely more sweaty than multiplayer is. (laughs) Um, But no, I think there's also like, there's also an RPG-ish type aspect to playing warzone because you have to find your gear you have to you know get better and better gear and then you can finally get your loadout and then you know get your good gear or the gear that you're comfortable with and it definitely has that kind of a feeling to it that's the thing though jumping into multiplayer you've got the shit you're comfortable with which is why i like it more i think that's true but it feels it feels better when you have to work for it if that makes any sense I mean, like, no, I get it. I get it. It's just I'm really bad at first-person shooters. Oh. So I'd much rather just have what I'm comfortable it's, with there and then. I mean, that's just because you probably grew up with a controller and didn't. Uh, no, no. Actually, my the one of the one of the ones that I really was sweaty about was Call of Duty 2 on PC. I played that on PC a lot, and I was really good. But then I hmm. stopped. And I haven't played a Call of Duty game since this one, to be honest. This is the most Call of Duty I've played since Call of Duty 2. I mean, the last first-person shooter I played that was multiplayer was like Quake 2. Like, on my Acer, you know, AMD computer. (laughs) Probably in the 90s. (laughs) Also, Duty. (laughs) Duty. I love Duty. Anyway, I was oh, just God. like, nope, I'm done yeah. with this shit. <laughs> email, Twitter, Discord. Kevin, did you check the emails? Because Nat's not check here. The emails, there was no emails. No one likes us on Twitter. Twitter we don't use Twitter. We don't fucking we use Twitter. Don't, yeah, we, <laughs> we don't. don't. We really not, need to get better I'm, at it. We need to get better not, at it. I'm not a corporate account or a 14 year old, so I'm not good with Twitter, okay? We need to, we need to get better at it. We need to get better at it. We're being really bad at it. Discord. Everybody spends all their fucking time in Vil's Discord unless one of us, like me, is already sitting in our Discord. We've said that we're gonna spend more time on ACTC just because. And then everybody spends get... all the time in Vil's Discord. <laughs> no, like from last the last night we said we were gonna spend more time on this one just because we're trying to promote this one and get people on and engaging. Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna try. I'm gonna always do, we're, here. We're gonna do better. I'm always here. I work during the day up until about two to three central time most days, but any other time just at me on Discord and I'll be happy to I jump mean, on and play some games. Except I'll that it, games. except that he's like in non-freedom times. So Yeah, uh, from right about seven PM GMT, I am available in the evening. Yeah. Discussions on our Discord actually. People have been talking and chatting and putting things into the 
Blizzard game channel. Um, mostly Vil gloating that he just, or not Vil, uh, Seth gloating that he really that he got Volpira. Um, screw you, Seth. Um, you can take that fox person that you're not going to create and shove it up your ass. <laughs> I really um, hope you just didn't unlock that just to spite me. But I think he did. If you did, that I applaud you, sir. I applaud you. I mean, also remember he really didn't stop playing the game, so yeah. Uh, that, well, he would have already I mean, had an equivalent rep maxed out. Yep. There's a lot of things that I should have kept doing on my gnome before I switched over, I think. You like should have just moved essences. the gnome. Honestly, you should have just moved the gnome. I won't you would have had in. all your essences. Nope. You would have had your rep sorted. I did it for LB. Gnomes will never die. Anyway. All right. Uh, Kevin, talk your shit. Shout outs. We've got... See, LB said I made the right choice in chat. Uh, shout outs. We have the US, Canada, Russian Federation, UK, and Ireland. So Russia Russia's is. Back. Russia's still there. Yeah, Russia um, is creeping their way up into the top five. Uh, hard slam uh, right after he mentions Russian Federation to the Soviet theme on the podcast, the podcast version. Yep. Oh. No, no, I agreed. Agreed. Not has to happen. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, Chris, you had some stuff you wanted to talk about before we jumped into bullshitting through whatever we were yes, doing. Yes. Um, so the the guild that we're a part of uh, on Area 52, uh, the Outcasts are doing a charity push event, and one of their guys, Nick, has sent us a little bumper explaining the push, what it's about, what they're doing. Um, and we're just going to play that, and I hope everyone engages with it because it's a really good cause. So uh, I'm just going to play that just now. Hey there, I'm Nick, or Nah for short. My guild, the Outcasts on Area 52, are planning to run a charity event that we're calling Shady Wish, in honor of our guildie Shady, who sadly passed away in 2019. This is the second charity event the Outcasts have done, as we did the same for a guildie named Egon in 2016. His event, as some of you may remember, was called Musawish and raised over $6,000 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which was donated in his memory. Shady loved animals, and we felt it only appropriate that this event raise funds for a charity he would have loved to support. And so, we are carrying people through Heroic Nazoth to help bring attention to our fundraising efforts. Keep an eye out on r slash wow subreddit for the upcoming post with all the relevant information, and I hope to see you in there. Okay, well that's uh, info's about the uh, Shady Wish charity push. And I hope everyone takes part, because you'll, you'll get some free misses, you'll donate to a good cause, it's all good. Not misses, dragons, they're dragons this time. Free dragons. <laughs> there you go. Um, Kevin, notate your times for your cuts. And we're going to go talk about the news. It's pretty light. And hello, Dougal, and everybody else in Twitch chat just kind of saying hello. Uh, Dougal, we just mentioned how we abandoned you because everybody's playing WoW now. So, <laughs> I mean, I'll play, I'll play multiplayer with Dougal. Dougal's fun. Dougal is fun. 
All right. So uh, we do have Chris has got a little bit of wow news that's going on, some TTR stuff and uh, some beta stuff that he's going to go yeah. over a little bit. Go on ahead and talk about that, buddy boy. So uh, for starters, the uh, PTR uh, for the Shadowlands pre-patch, that went live on Tuesday. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of an indicator on uh, Shadowlands release timeline, which is really good. Um, on the PTR, we've got everything that's going live in Shadowlands. So you've got the stat squish, you've got the level squish, you've got the uh, class change, the overall class changes. Um, Shadowlands zones have been added to the game and added to the map. Um, the events that will be going on for the pre-expansion launch are available for testing. Anyone who played back in Nax the initial launch of Naxxramas back in 1.11, I think, give a tick. Something like that. Or back in vanilla. And anyone who played during the launch of Wrath of the Lich King will remember this event. It is the Scourge Invasion. It is back for a third time. <laughs> I'm okay with this though. I loved this event. It was unmitigated chaos. Yes, it was. It was wonderful. I'm very excited for this. Seth is not happy about this, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, vomiting emoji in our chat channel. Good job. Um, no, so, uh, I am very excited for this. I love the Scourge Invasion. They're doing some changes in regards to the actual quest events. Uh, there will be some stuff in uh, Ice Crown for max level players to do, which again, the max level will be 50 at that point once the pre-patch hits. That's all there for you to do. Uh, there's some really cool gear that's going to be dropping uh, that's going to be Scourge influence. There's uh, renamed and restarted stuff that's based on some raid bosses from uh, Naxxramas and from ICC and there will be a new world boss up and available during the event uh, that will have a cutscene at the end uh, no spoilers obviously but there will be all that stuff available during the event um, as far as I'm aware the event will be staged so you'll have, I think it's, I think it's three or four stages that will be added, that will be, cha that will change every week, uh, and progress the scourge invasion further. Um, but yeah, that that's all available for testing. Anyone who doesn't have beta, anyone who just wants to jump in and try it out, you can download the PTR on your uh, Battle.net client. If you don't have a PTR account, you can grab it on the on the actual account page on. Your, uh, on the Battle.net website and set that up for yourself. It takes about five minutes to set up and it takes not very long to download either. Okay. Uh, oh, you don't even have to have a sub to download the PTR and try it out, according to Seth. You don't even have to have an active account. Just download the PTR and do it. Even better. All right, there you go. Uh, let's see, what else have we got? Uh, we'll leave the realm connections to the end. Uh, Kevin, I think this one's yours, the adventures. Yeah, adventures is, are what they're calling the table missions in Shadowlands, and they released a preview on the website. Chris has actually done some of them, so I wanted to have share his experience. Um. They're essentially just auto chess, which is kind of fun. It's a little, it's it's a bit more engaging, I suppose, than the old ones were. Um, but it's still a table mission. You put your you put your followers on, you leave it, you come back. It's neat. It's interesting. 
it's still what it is. I'll log on every day, do my missions, and then leave it for, leave it till tomorrow. It's like, just are they similar? The missions themselves are similar. It's just mm-hmm. you have different types of followers that have different advantages and disadvantages and all that. It's it's a I think it's a better system than what we have right now. But it's still what it is. Yeah, let's put like a dumbed down version of Hearthstone into the game so that you can actually engage with it and have they've, like they've a true mini about, game. They've been talking about doing that for years. I doubt we'll really ever see Hearthstone full engage full uh full integration. I mean the fact this is the closest we've got with Battlegrounds. This uh, adventure system is the closest we've got and probably the closest we're going to get to Hearthstone integration. Do you want like, a passive thing that you just set up and walk away from, or do you want something that would be engaging so that you can uh, actually play a minigame? People would fucking hate it if you had to, if, if it was gated behind a minigame. People, yes, would, people riot. would fucking hate it. I would hate it. I would not do it. I can guarantee that because People this is absolutely this, goddamn riot. This, the idea of the table missions are bad enough as it is. Yeah, adding an actual forced mini game to it is not something I'd take part in at all. Like, at least with the way they are right now. Go on. People wrote add-ons to take out all of the thought in every single one of the world Tortolan World Quest mini games. <laughs> yep, they Thank wrote God. add-ons to I take out all and the and I love them for it. Yeah, I would would you, that how would you feel if you had to play a semi-random game of Hearthstone or Auto Chess or whatever just to get your table missions done? Oh, this is a required table mission, just like your war campaign. There was a couple of required table missions. But how would you feel if just to progress the game you had to do something you absolutely fucking hated? Why would it have it be optional then? I mean... Why would you implement it then? Why would you put development costs and cycles into something that's completely optional like that? That no one will do, I can guarantee you. No well, one will pe- do. Plenty of people I don't do. like it the way it is now. That's no fine. One does. A lot of, no one really does. No one, so, likes, no one likes table missions. They're boring and unintuitive. So the, re- the real question is, Chris, am I going to want to keep Champion Commander installed, which helps you tell yes. what you're going to get the highest percentage for. Yes, and okay. if you don't have Champion Commander installed, you're doing it wrong. Okay, then I probably won't like it. <laughs> no one will like it. It's not a good system. No one has the liked tab- it since Warlords. Cable missions, they're trying their fucking hardest. Well, but no, it's just Chris, a boring system. Gab, they did like it in Warlords because they made a shitload of money on it. People yeah. liked it. No, people liked it people- simply because they made money on it. They hated grinding resources and they hated doing everything else involved with it you made a shitload of money and got some heirlooms out of it that was great that was amazing what have they fucking put in that makes you really want to go do a table mission since that point nothing 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 it's it's annoying and then when i have something that's like waiting for me i feel bad and then i don't want to install my app on the phone to do it either because that's even more annoying i'm still doing warlords table missions because i still have not ever seen the rings oh even i have the ring <laughs> i've never seen the rings i have never seen the rings every time i resub to wow i go and do table missions every single day in warlords it's the only reason i still have a garrison hearthstone maybe they took it out nope still there still there hmm. i just i have never gotten lucky i have done the entire quest chain through it 
Yeah, and I, I yeah, Seth, I've done, I've done the entire quest chain to do unlock everything for the boats. Uh, I yet the boat to missions are even worse because yeah, it's easier to lose the boats. Yep. Let's still talk about garrisons. I, I don't want to be depressed today. <laughs> but no, um, seriously, the, these missions, it, it's the same system. It's just a little bit of auto text flavor. Yep. I will do it Maybe when better. I zone in. I will do it when I first zone in to my character, and then I will never look at the thing again until the next day I log in. But what value is that really bringing anyone? It just take it out of the game, please. Yeah, we've we've been saying this for we've been saying this since Legion, Kevin. Mm-hmm. No one likes this system, but they keep <sighs> doing it. I don't. I don't think. Well. I mean, they probably, it's probably a low priority on the development food chain, but I feel like they would need to drastically change it for people to actually enjoy doing it or just remove it from the game completely and save that resources and do something else. I don't know what value it's really bringing anyone. Yeah, yeah <laughs> or bring back like, the system that they had in, in Drainer and just it when it gave us have there gold. be tons of gold associated to it. It completely destroyed all economy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that more than anything else that and the fact that you could just you didn't have to be a miner or an herbalist to get fucking ores and herbs yeah. just mm-hmm. completely destroyed the economy well completely they learned their lesson I guess I just wish I had known about it before the end of Warlords but I had just started playing so I only I only at the very end figured out that there was like treasure quests and like tons of gold and I made some money, but not that, that much. All right. Next one is Shadowlands the Great Vault. What is Shadowlands the Great Vault? So the Great Vault is the uh, redesigned weekly chest. Um, hmm. Which will now encompass uh, your raiding, your mythic dungeons and your PVP. So rather than there being a PvP chest and a uh, weekly PvE chest, that's just one chest now. Um, now you will have up to nine gear options when you complete uh, at the at the start of a new week. Uh, to unlock all nine gear options, you have to do a certain amount of content to do that. So, um, to unlock all three raid options, you have to complete uh, three then seven, then ten raid bosses. Um, which is kind of it's annoying because there's raid. only there's only ten in one ra- in the first raid. Uh-huh. Uh, so that'd be repeating content, which great. Um, Mythic Dungeons, you have to complete one, five, or fifteen Mythic Dungeons. And the Being higher... I mean, I'd, yeah, we can, me, my European guys, we do that on like a weekend. Um, Level 15, it's just 15 No, 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 it's just 15 of any dungeon. Okay. Now, the higher your key, the higher the reward. Mm-hmm. Um, or you have to earn, for PvP, you have to earn 100 or 150 or 250 conquest points. I mean, that one shouldn't be that bad because there's ways to earn conquest points through, like, world quests, right? Uh, conquest points or... is just PvP. Conquest oh, that was in the PvP. invasions. That was in the invasions for PvP. I think um, you got conquest from them. And from Seth is right. Requests. People are saying that the 15 Mythic Dungeons complete is a little high, considering it goes from 1, 5 to 15. 
It's a I, bit of a jump. If that's all you're doing, though, it, if that's all you're doing, about a half an hour at most. Yeah, so. if that's all you're doing, it's fine. But for someone who wants to get as many options as possible, it's going to be a lot of fucking work. Well, it's it's like two a day. I mean, it's more than two a day. It's I think it is 15, high. You have to do two plus an extra one. Two a day plus right. an extra one. Every and bear in mind, you have to do your one in five before that. So that's six before you even get to the 15 unlocks. Well, so. I mean, is it? I wonder if the reward is going to be higher for that third unlock. Like, to, like let's say you just did 15 level one mythics. Okay. Baseline mythics, yeah. Versus doing one that's like a level 15. Okay, but if you do 15 level 1 mythics, you'll get a level 1 reward. Yep. You won't get... Even if you've done a 15 for the first one and a 15 for the second one, uh, for the second set of 5, your highest was a 15, if you do 15 ones, you're only going to get a 1 reward from that, from that section. I bet you do a, like 1 mythic dungeon versus 15 mythic dungeons, you're not getting a higher reward, even if they're the same level. It's, it's the highest. It's the highest you do with that. Doesn't that make any, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. But that's that's what I'm saying. I think it should be ten instead of the fifteen. I think five, uh, one, five, and ten will would work fine. I think Ugh. one, five, and ten is more than enough. I think one, five, nine to take it to a total of fifteen. Oh, that e- that works even better. Actually, one, five, nine works even better. I mean, it's not a nice round number, but it takes you to 15, which I think would be reasonable. One, three, nine. But at the end of the day, no matter what loot, no matter what content you do, you will only be able to select one piece of loot from from all of those options. But you will get nine different options if you do all of them. I'll show you what the options are for each. It'll show you what the options are, and you can just grab the one you want. Mm Hmm. Will raid counter count for raids? For raid I believe finder? it'll. Dr- I believe. I believe so. As far as I'm aware, uh, you'll only get raid finder gear. I think. Right, raid yeah, finder I mean, equivalent gear. I guess I'm just confused by like if I do something higher or harder. Does that is that more of a reward than something that I would do more times? So. Which is I mean, better? I think you should always be trying to do the higher and harder gear, higher and harder content to get the best rewards to improve yourself. Right, but if you know the if doing fifteen mythic dungeons rewards me something better than I like, all right, take out the level one. Let's say you do a level five mythic plus dungeon one time, and then you do fifteen level ones. Which should give you the reward. higher reward, though. You'd get a level 5 reward. I know, but like the fact that you did 15 of them, should that give you a better reward than even doing a 5? So, for, for okay, so so say, okay, so you've got the Mythic Dungeon for you do 1, you do 5, and you do the 15. So say you do a 5 for the 1. Mm-hmm. You'd get a 5 reward there. Okay. If for the 1, for the, one, for the up for the complete 5, say you do 2 3s, and and three fives, you'd get a five reward. For the fifteen, say you do five ones, a uh, fifteen ones, you'd get a one reward. Well, like, uh, yeah, I I see what you're saying, but it's a quality over quantity. Question.
question. Just you do know? the best you can do. That's what I would say. Don't don't just just do the best you can do. That's what I will be doing, and that's what I would say. I mean, I I would argue. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna gimp my content because I enjoy the challenge personally. I mean, I would argue that like getting 15 Mythic Plus dungeons done in one week could arguably be better than even a low-level Mythic Plus dungeon once. Why would you do low levels if you can do higher keys, though? What's the point in that? <laughs> Maybe because the reward is better. I don't know. The reward won't be better, though, because you'll okay. be getting lower gear. I've said that to you. I mean, I guess, yeah, then why even do? Why even waste my time doing 15 when I can just do one high-level one? I guess because there's less of a chance I'll because, get something good. Uh, the whole point is that every time you hit one of these marks, Kevin, is that you get an extra choice of reward. So you've got okay. more chance of getting something you need from your chest. But it's an extra choice of something shitty if I just am plugging away at once to get the unlock. I see what you're saying. I just... I much prefer this to the current system where it's just here. This is your, this is your one item for the week. Good luck. Have fun. Gav's fallen yeah. asleep. Yeah. Gav, wake up. I mean, uh, yes, I see the point, but it's just... Uh, sudden, I don't know if they've lowered it to 10 or not. All right, Gavril, wake up. We're done. Moving on to the next story. So do more shit, get more unlocks, and then you can choose from the one that you want. <laughs> awesome. Yep. It's better than getting a random piece of gear. Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, All right. The leveling <laughs> experience. Cool. New leveling experience and heirloom changes. So what they're saying is that leveling, once Shadowlands comes out, is going to be so much faster than you know what it used to be. So you don't need to get EXP boost anymore. What they're going to do is they're going to switch the rewards on the heirloom gear to affect your EXP in a different way. So if you have two pieces of rested, or if you have two pieces of gear, it's going to reduce the rate at which rested EXP is consumed by 30%. Three gives you increased outdoor regeneration, out of combat regeneration, either in outdoor areas, normal dungeons or battlegrounds, four pieces of gear, Gives you a burst of knowledge that deals holy damage to nearby ener enemies and granting you a 40% primary staff for two minutes. Um, defeating additional enemies extends the effect up to two, two additional minutes. And then six pieces of heirlooms will give you rested experience consumed is reduced by an additional 30%, giving you a total of 60% reduction in rest of the EXP. So they are changing this around so that instead of giving you a flat EXP boost, your rested EXP is more valuable. Um, all of the elixirs and potions that give you more EXP are gone, except for the Drought of the Ten Lands, which is a BFA EXP potion, and that will give you a 10% experience boost, but it's capped to level 50, um, so it won't affect your Shadowlands 50 to 60 leveling experience. Overall thoughts on this? Okay, works out if the new leveling way they're doing things works you know I, th I think it works if the logic that you can level in one expansions 
main story launch story works, then yeah, I don't see the problem mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, it all it all depends on the numbers and how and how long it. T- if if I if I can if I can cap out just going through BFA up to fifty, I'm happy. If I can cap out going through Mr. Pandaria up to fifty, then yeah, it's 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 a working system. The XP bonus isn't required anymore. I mean, I think for me, what this might do is have me actually log into alts because if rested exp is more valuable i can just rest up the exp on an alternate character and then play it for like an hour or two use up my rested exp and then log off and then do it again later and and like that experience in itself should help me to level faster um so you don't have to like you don't have to like you know plug away at alts constantly you can just play them for a few hours and put them down and that will have a lot of value to it Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. kind of like you can kind of keep them up to par with where your main character is without having to like, you know, play a shitload of hours. With a six set of heirlooms, um, rested XP has never been more valuable, and I don't think it ever will be more valuable than what it will become. Yeah, I mean, you're getting almost like over fifty percent more rested XP. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's cool. All right. Um, the realm connections that are going for retail um we're not going to go through the full list but there are one two Many. three four five <laughs> six seven separate connections with multiple realms that are going to be going live on august 20th um for a, uh, on a special downtime uh the plan is for the servers to go down at 7 a.m pacific daylight time and we'll be back up at, seven, at 3 p.m uh, on August 20th. Uh, so for a, if we will have the list in our show notes. The mm-hmm. list is on Amon with Champion. It's also on the blue posts. Uh, so check for your realms for that uh, August 20th downtime just to see if you're connecting anywhere. What does this mean for Gavril? Because his realm was affected. It just means um, there more people will be on the, the home realm cluster. Yeah, so Elder also go down for what is it? Seven hours? Something like that. And I don't really use Eldrathalus anymore, so it'll except go down. To on, except to get on to do my garrison mission. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you garrison! Right. Yep. Um, news on other Blizzard games is fairly light. Anything for Hearthstone? Uh, the expansion came out, didn't it? Yeah, Skolomats Academy is out. Um, it has. <laughs> done some really interesting things to the meta and I'm playing a different deck in wild than I was before. It's about it. I'm playing big paladin now, which I'll have to show you, Chris, because it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. What Cheating is big out paladin, big paladin uh, revolves around using four separate cards, uh, six cards, actually, that cheat man that cheat minions out of your deck in hand. OK, so like Casting a turn four zero mana uh, Ragnaros. <laughs> what? Turn four zero mana Ragnaros. Cheating out a Ragnaros. Jesus Christ. Or it also has some elements of combo disruption in it as well because it has four cards that pull cards, two cards that pull cards out of your opponent's deck and two cards that pull cards out of your opponent's hand. So you're a deck. 
I'm not playing land destruction and Magic the Gathering, so I'm not really a dick. I'm also not playing like some broken degenerate combo that takes all interactivity out of the game. So you're I'm, an asshole. Yes, I'm an asshole, yes. I'm <laughs> ruining people's games for my own enjoyment. I'll have to show you after the game after the show is over. I'll stream a little yes, Hearthstone. Yes, you will. I'll stream a little bit of Hearthstone to show you how it goes. Uh, the deck Jesus. is not tier one. But it is fun as hell to play, especially when you cheat out like a Ragnaros or a fell cracked uh, scavenger salvager and, you know, out of your hand and then you cheat out some major combo piece out of their hand. So I understand <sighs> playing decks or playing combos that are not top tier, but are stupid, playing. fun and toxic. Toxic as <laughs> fuck. Holy I... shit. I've gotten so. OK, so I have played Pirate Warrior. I've played Evolved Shaman. I have played uh, Randuin Priest. I have played uh, Highlander Warlock. I have played some degenerate. I've played Combo uh, Exodia Mage before. I have played some degenerate shit. I have never gotten more salty whispers from people and friend ads in Hearthstone than when I started playing Big Paladin. When I play Teamfight Tactics, I play a build called Bed and Breakfast, and it is... It is the most toxic thing I can think of for any auto chess game that I have ever played. I have a <laughs> I have a Magic the Gathering deck that I that my a physical deck. It is called Turbo Fog Group Hug. Okay. Uh, the whole conceit of the deck is literally to just fog every combat. A fog effect in Magic the Gathering is when you prevent combat damage from being dealt. Uh huh. Uh, it is blanket table wide, so it's it's best used in multiplayer games where there's like three, four, five, six people, multiple people playing at one time, and literally all you do is you fog every combat step. You just fog every combat step on everyone's turns, not just your own. You fog every combat step. That's turbo fog, and then um, group hug is you have a bunch of symmetrical beneficial effects like all creatures cost one less generic mana to cast all lands tap for all colors everyone draws an extra card at the beginning of their turn and it's a shit stirring deck it's literally a deck designed to stir shit up because my people don't want to kill you because you're doing all these beneficial things for the table but at the same time they really want to kill you because you're preventing combat damage from ever happening my um, bed and breakfast build is designed all around getting a fully kitted out Jinx, getting a Nar built enough to just completely throw people around and keeping them off the Jinx, and having a gangplank there just to wipe them out with AoE. It is the most toxic thing, but it is so fun to play. <laughs> But yeah, so Hearthstone, I, I'm liking Skolomance Academy. I'm liking the stuff they've done. But yeah, so TLDR, uh, Skolomance Academy is good. I can't wait to see what the single player content is if they end up doing it. So good. It took them forever to do Ashes of Outland single player content. So we'll see how long this takes. Do people not know that Paladin exists? Is that why they're messaging you? Part like, of it don't is people that people know part of it about that. Uh, so the thing is, wild. There's a lot of different archetypes. People play usually one of three archetypes at a time. Uh, most of what you see in 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 wild is you're gonna see like big spell druid, you're gonna see res priest, 
Oh, that's another deck I played that's gotten some salty whispers before. Res Priest, Quest Mage, and you'll also see um, uh, Quest Mage, and then there's another one that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Uh, Pirate Warrior. You'll see those four decks. Those are the most common four you're ever going to see. Um, and yeah, like you will see other decks like at very high very very high ranks like people grinding up into legend you'll see like some oddball decks come out of nowhere because they have a really good win rate against whatever they're seeing at that band because uh, you can kind of counterpick if you see a lot of people are playing pirate warrior in high in your rank in your rank spread you can go okay well i'll take an anti-aggro deck in you see people playing combo you'll take combo disruption like you'll play mill rogue or you'll play uh card destruction warlock or something like that um but you typically will see like those four decks very commonly so people don't you don't see a lot of oddball decks sometimes and big paladin is very much an oddball deck that's it that's... I, I won't i won't babble too much about it um so uh we're not going to really talk about it because none of us actually sat down and watched it uh, we are not Seth, but uh, Night City Wire episode number two is out. That's the sort of Deb update, sort of roadmap information uh, from uh, CD Projekt Red on uh, Cyberpunk 2077. So that is up, and we'll have the show note. We'll have that linked in the show notes, and we'll link some some other stuff. Uh, Seth said it was awesome. Yeah, that's they, that's because Seth is about... Seth is so erect for this game. It's not even funny. Uh, they talk about life walk, paths. They talk game. about guns, mm-hmm. guns so. and character, and some of the backgrounds you can take for your characters and things like that. Life so. paths. Yeah. So if you're interested in cyberpunk, uh, definitely take a look at it if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Um, in other news, uh, let's get to the drama. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Steph and I were just talking about this Train. thing last night, uh, and. I was very poorly defending my position, uh, but I don't give a fuck. I played um, devil's advocate. You did. Uh, so Fortnite has been removed from the Apple and Apple Store and Google Play Store over disputes between both of them uh, and Epic. And Epic using a circumvention method to get around having to pay the uh, 30% service fee uh, for using the App Stores. People a 20% discount if they buy things from Epic directly instead of through the well, that Apple doesn't matter because, Play Store. Well, that doesn't matter because the thing is, is that the Apple, and, uh, the Apple and Google Play Stores, they say you're not supposed to circumvent that methodology. Right. If you and buy things, against, it has to be through the That's against their terms of service. Mm-hmm. So if, you, yes. if you've got an app on the Apple or the Play Store, um, you have, you to, have to go through any in-game purchases process. has to go through the Apple system or the Google Play system. Right. And they um, will take their cup. So for those of you who have been in the know, um, Fortnite was removed from the Google Play Store back in 2018 over this exact same issue. Um, Google and Epic got into an argument because uh, Google, Epic had to, Google basically said, hey, no, fuck you, you got to pay the 30%. And Epic was just like, fuck that, we're just going to go ahead and put it up as a blank AT- APK up on our website for people to download that way. They eventually kissed people and made sideloaded it. A lot of people, some people sideloaded it, but they eventually, eventually, it seems like they weren't making as much money. So they eventually conceded and went back and did exactly what Google told them to do. And they 
put their in-app purchases through the app uh, through Google Play. Um, well, now they're having an argument with Apple and Google, and they've now filed lawsuits. Uh, I believe it's antitrust or anti-monopoly lawsuits. I know it's anti-monopoly. I'm not conduct. sure. Huh? Anti-competitive conduct. Which is monopoly or trust. Yeah. Which is a monopoly so, or a trust. So. so Epic is trying to get people to go directly through their own service to buy in-game purchases and giving them a 20% discount to do so rather than buying it through Apple's or Google's Play Store. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that this whole thing is such a premeditated piece of shit on Epic's part that it just like it it just leaves a bad taste because like the second they got kicked off of Apple. Now, mind you, what this actually means is that if you have an Apple device and you already have Fortnite installed, you're still fine to play. You can't get their new battle pass. You can't get new updates and things like that. But your game is still fine to play at the moment. Mm-hmm. The second Fortnite update their server side stuff, you're fucked. If something like that happened, well, the server side, eh, it's it's questionable. But yeah, um, that's that's neither here nor there on this. But um, basically, yeah. So they you cannot download the game now. It is it pulled from the apps Apple App Store completely. Um, but if you have it installed already, it is still available on your devices. Um, site you can download you, it through their website directly you can't because of oh, how apple garden works well not apple but at, for google yes for google for it's the android always been. yeah you can always just sideload it from the google from uh from the epic website um but the thing is that the second they did this they released a they made their own hashtag on twitter free fortnite or something like that uh, it and they released a promotional video, a slickly made promotional video, which says, hey, this was premeditated. This wasn't just a sudden thing. We knew this was going to happen. Called 1980 Fortnite, which is a spoof on the classic 1984 ad that Apple ran during the Olympics. And it all just smacks of corporate desperation to me. It's a case of they had the video ready because they knew it was going to happen the second the patch went live. They knew it was all they they had the the hashtag. They had all of their fucking promotional stuff ready to get this shit going. So I'm I think everybody to 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 use a quote from the esteemed Chris here, I think all of them are about as fun as shitting into my hands and clapping. Yes. I, I like all of them about that much. Yes. All three entities involved in this. I like them about that much. But I I don't have a dog in this game because I fucking hate all of them. I'd love to see some antitrust and anti-monopoly stuff taken, like actually taken up and actually fought over, like as uh, LB is said um in chat uh i think all of them are guilty of antitrust and anti-monopoly issues like Mm -hmm. monopolistic and and trust sort of uh tendencies i think all three of them are guilty as fuck of it um but we'll see what november brings and see if you know we actually get some people to not to go politics but we'll see if you know we get some people uh that want to fight this they won't Spoiler alert, we won't. It doesn't matter who's elected. It doesn't matter at all who's elected. They're not going to do anything about it. 
They never yeah. true. The Washington Ola Post Garkey. article. Oh, Garkey. Oh, Garkey. The um, Washington Post article that we did link to in the show notes does talk about how Apple has made some exceptions on this, including Amazon Amazon. videos that happened earlier this year. But I also found out that they do not collect fees on real world goods, such as stuff shipped from Amazon, coffee bought through Starbucks or cars ordered through Uber or Lyft. So, you know, being... Epic, I can see that this would be an issue because they've already cut deals right. with these other companies. Why aren't they cutting a deal with now, me? In fairness, real world goods is a bit different to be real fair. Real world goods is very different. But no, like the the fact that Amazon Prime Video, yeah, because the thing is that like Apple and Amazon, Amazon Apple really wanted Amazon available, Amazon services available on the Apple Play Store. Because for a very Apple App Store, because for a very long time, you couldn't do anything Apple related uh, Amazon related on the Apple on an Apple device without having to like physically log into your Apple to your Amazon, Amazon account, account in a Safari. Even browser. through the website on the phone, <laughs> which yeah. was ridiculous. Yep. Because Apple is that much of a walled garden. And I've made it very clear before. I do not like walled garden ecosystems. I think they're a shitty thing. And I think it just very much leads to monopolistic and trust-based issues. Mm-hmm. That's just me, though. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope all of them just get taken to the fucking cleaners, every single one of them. And then the rest of the major tech companies get taken to the cleaners as well. No man should have nearly a trillion dollars. No one man should have nearly a trillion dollars. Call me a fucking communist, if you will, but I think the capitalist system no, is, is, at this current state is a failing state. I agree. Yeah, I think 30% is probably that the rate was something more reasonable so that companies like Epic could still feel comfortable selling stuff. Well, and and the, it's, this is the, 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 this, the, the problem is, is that this is a legacy system based on Hollywood. This is this is a legacy. The 30% is a legacy based on Hollywood, wherein uh licensing deals and things like that were a 30% flat rate. It was a 30%. Everything was 30%. And it is just kind of carried over. The entertainment industry sort of bled into the digital era and it's just stayed 30%. Um I hate all of them equally and I think that we as Americans have never been less free than we are have been in the last 15 years. I think if Apple wants to be like fair to what they said initially, which was we need to take a cut to pay for this so that you do have an app store. It is all can... cloud based infrastructure that costs them pennies. Right. Especially with the amount of people that they have buying stuff off the, the app store now. I mean, I doubt 30 percent is still reasonable. It's probably less than that. And this is the, this goes back to the Epic thing because we've talked about Epic before, and uh, Seth and I especially have had conversations about this previously, where the thirty percent, I I support what Epic has done in the gaming world, the PC gaming world, uh, in in so far as I I do believe the thirty percent figure is a shade high. But at the same time, I do not like the way they've gone about it. The same as I do not like how Google runs business. I don't like how Amazon runs business. I don't like how Apple runs business. You like and you like the idea. You hate the execution. the The problem is, it becomes a poisoned pill. It becomes a poisoned pill when 
you have Epic sitting here suing these people, suing these companies for monopolistic practices when Epic themselves engages in some of the same kind of practices. It is this is this is an abuse of the court system. This is an abuse of our rights. And I I don't want to sound like some crazy conspiracy style person talking about turning the frogs gay. I don't want to sound like that kind of person. But I just I And it's not even being done fairly for all companies. Some companies have deals. Some companies don't. Some are getting kicked off. Some are getting sweetheart deals with Apple. It just, it doesn't make any sense. There's no rhyme or reason to it. And it seems unfair. And, and I, here's, here's the last bit of my political rant. It is because we have allowed investor and dividend culture to rule our fucking society. That's it. Like, Companies are 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 they're embold they're they're indebted to their shareholders and so they'll do whatever it takes to make the shareholders happy and that's not in the best interest of people. Yep. Um, moving on to our next topic, which is Xbox Game Pass Ultimate adds cloud gaming September fifteenth. So this is very similar to Nvidia's Now service, where you can play games, stream them over the internet. Um, you'll be able to stream to phones and tablets um, and play a number of games starting on September 15th for $15 per the $15 a month tier of the Xbox Game Pass called Ultimate. And in, and in fairness, the, the list is actually pretty substantial. Yeah, there are plenty of games that are available. Notable, we've got Ark, Forza, Gears of War, Halo um destiny 2 all available as a game as a streaming service none of these streaming services have taken off this is going to be included in a game pass that i'm assuming people are paying for without this feature i am we think it's going to catch on i am like is this one going to catch on again seth and i have talked very extensively about this before and we both, I, if I remember correctly, and SF, correct me if I'm wrong, we both think that what Microsoft's done with their Game Pass, with the Game Pass system, I, we both think it's one of the best things for game streaming services and consumers in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest with you, it's starting to add a lot of value, like, and I'm thinking about it. Was, it. it was worth the five bucks a month at launch. I've been, in, I've been subscribed since launch. Dude, I've got I, a pandemic board game installed on Game Pass. We should play that. Sure. Uh, but yeah, d- definitely. But yeah, I have been I have been a subscriber since they launched the beta when it was a buck for the beta or 99 cents or whatever. And I have stayed subscribed because I do get value out of it. Like I look at it this way. It's been what I think eight months since it came out. It's 40 bucks. I played Slay the Spire, Bloodstained, and a couple of other games. Like not that much, but guess what? It would have cost me twice that amount of money had I actually bought those games. And I have found some clunkers that I don't like. Xbox controller, I think, is a big deal. What now? Like to have it just like out of the box work with a Xbox controller. Yeah. Like on your mobile device. Yeah. I That's think I think everything cool. I think everything is fantastic. I think everything they've done is absolutely amazing, and I'm absolutely thrilled with the entire Game Pass, and I'm thrilled with the cloud computing. And that actually brings up another point that we forgot to mention. 
Just what? Oh, where Apple banned uh, xCloud from uh, the App Store. Did it? Oh, yes. Did you all not read that story? Where no, Apple no? banned xCloud and other game streaming services because they can't review all of the products involved within the cloud gaming services? Nope. Oh, no, yes. I was not aware of that. Oh, yes. I'll link the article uh, in a little bit, but I, I knew I forgot to put something in the show notes today. Yeah, no, Apple banned xCloud, and I can't remember. It was at least one other service that is very similar. I want to say it was like NVIDIA Play or something like that. Um, yeah, they just Play. banned them outright. Their cloud gaming. Yeah, they just banned them outright. They said, we can't let you do this. And thing is, like, Microsoft was in final certs with Apple to get it released on the place on the app store. And they were in final certs. They were almost done getting it, getting it released. And they said, no, they were like, no, we can't, uh, we can't individually review all the products involved in your, uh, that, that uh, gain access from your, through your products. So, uh, we can't allow you to do that. And it's, it's, it's some very shady shit about them not wanting competition on their platform. And it is, regardless of what they say, the real reason is, oh, it's in our terms of service. This is them trying to be anti-competitive. This is 100% them being anti-competitive. Yeah. Yeah, they put out a statement. I'll link to the GeekWire article. It says, unfortunately, this is Xbox now. Unfortunately, we do not have a path to bring our vision of cloud gaming with the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to gamers on iOS via the App Store. Um, Apple consistently treats gaming apps differently, applying a more uh, more rules to non or lenient rules on non gaming apps. Um, yeah, because guess yeah. what? I could go. I could go if I had an Apple device. I could go download Netflix and watch Blue is the warmest color if I wanted to. What is blue is the warmest what color? What is blue is the warmest color? Uh, it's it's actually a very good movie. I actually quite liked it. Uh, but it has a lot. It has some fairly graphic lesbian sex scenes in it. So that's why you want to go watch it. Yeah, obviously that's why I want to watch it. I thought it was really good. but but games <laughs> that have been it. rated by the ESRB. No, sorry. Even yeah, though they've no. been rated by an independent entity. Yeah, they've been rated by an independent entity. Uh, Amazon, uh, Apple says that you can't do this because we can't review it. Well, obviously they're going in and reviewing every single movie on Amazon Prime Video and every single movie on Netflix and every single movie on Hulu and every single movie on HBO Max. It's straight horseshit. Yeah. It is anti-competitive as fuck and it is straight, straight up horseshit. Because they want you to buy their own game pass. That's exactly what it is. It's anti-competitive behavior. I didn't and even know Apple had a Game Pass thing until you mentioned it. The arcade, yeah. yeah. yeah I didn't even know they really had that. Yep. Mm-hmm. But again, all of us are Android. I don't I'm know. not. I'm going back. You're going back to I've, been, I've yeah, always been Apple. I think I've had one Android phone and had nothing but problems with it, so I've been Apple forever. Time yep. to switch. <laughs> if you yeah. want to play games, time to switch. Here's That's what it sounds I'm like to me. I'm genuinely considering it, but at the same time, I'm so deep in the Apple fucking well. That's the that problem. doesn't really matter. That is what yeah. I have complained about the most: is that the Lock walled in. garden ecosystem locks yeah. you in. Like, despite the fact that I, I, I do, I, I am, I am an Android person. Like, I could switch. I could switch to Apple if I really wanted to. And it wouldn't really be that big of a deal for me. I would lose all of the ability to do the customizations and the really deep touching of the system that I have 
already in Android, but I can switch to the Apple ecosystem and not lose too much. But if I was an Apple guy for the last 15 years, I could not switch out of the Apple ecosystem. I have been an Apple, Apple guy since uh, iPhone 4. Yeah, I, I could not switch out of the Apple ecosystem, and they design it specifically that way so that you have the hardest amount of time to switch out of the ecosystem. Device and then I switched and I switched back, but I'm switching back again. But um, I always set stuff up in Google because Google always let you use either system. There was ways to tie like like your contact list. You could set it up in Google and then connect it to Apple. But there was never a way to take the shit from Apple and easily port it to uh, Google. I remember going through my address book and having to literally copy everything manually from Apple's phone or phone book to google just so that i could have it anywhere i wanted it to Uh be you know and like i'm glad i did i'm happy i did that because now i'm not locked in this is one of those things that really frustrates me also because it's just like apple does a lot of really anti-competitive shit like you all remember when i was bitching and moaning about dark sky being bought out remember vaguely no Dark Sky was quite possibly one of the best oh, the weather, uh, app. weather yeah. apps that I have ever used in my entire life. I have used mm-hmm. quite a few weather apps. It is quite possibly one of the best weather apps I've ever used. Apple bought them, and then they shut down the Android development, which you know I was paying for, and, and I had used without a single problem. And they're integrating it into the Apple ecosystem. And I'm never going to be able to use Dark Sky again. I'm still looking for a new weather app. Anybody got any suggestions? Please fucking at me on Twitter or at me on Discord. I already told you. I, I, I don't use, like Weather Underground. I use my office. I, I do not like Weather Underground. I have used it before. I do not like it. I use the, I use yeah. the, I use the my office app for weather. I'll have to give it a shot. See how it looks. What office? I think I think that's just UK though. I'll have to take a look. I'll take a look. But yeah, I don't He's like that. Right I now. do not like that. I do not like that. <laughs> I, I so one of the reasons I like Dark Sky is a very very clean, very simple UI with very good, very hyper local data. Uh, Seth says WT forecast. I mean, that's exactly why I use Weather Underground because there's a weather station down the street from me and. It tells me exactly what the weather like, is. We have like 15 to 20 huge Doppler radar arrays in Houston. So yeah, my information's always going to be up to date. We have so many massive Doppler arrays in Houston. It's not even yeah. funny. Any, anyway, I mean, I think there's a lot better options for gaming phones in general. If you're like, if, if you want to do gaming, it sounds like you're getting pushed to Google anyway, yeah. like an Android. And well, like, problem, honestly, problem, like there's, there's a lot of really good games that got released that are getting released exclusively through Apple Arcade. Right. But you could get a Razer phone. You could get an, uh, uh, an Asus Strix phone. I mean, there's some pretty decent gaming options. Like people are actually making gaming phones now. And if, yep. you know, if you want to do, you know, the xCloud, if you want to do whatever, it looks like that Android is the way to go. Yeah, it's 100% the way to go. I, I, right. I, but I don't, I don't also don't agree with a lot of the stuff Google does. But mm-hmm. I feel like right now they are the slightly, at the Android platform itself is the slightly, the slightly lesser of two evils. Just uh, a general note here, if you guys are listening to this podcast on Google Play Music, 
Google Play Music is getting replaced by YouTube Music. And Google is recommending that you switch to Google Podcasts, which is their dedicated podcast player. So, um, rip Google Play Music. I yeah. fucking loved you. You were amazing. Google Play Music was great because you could upload music to it and you can still upload music to YouTube if it's not on the streaming services. And I always have one or two albums that I bought that for some reason aren't on any of the streaming services. So it's nice to be able to still have that. And, it, and that's nice. I have a lot of really obscure CDs from exactly. like, like I have a lot like me personally. I have a lot of really obscure CDs from like back in the early 2000s when I was still buying a lot of CDs. Uh, you know, like weird, obscure visual K bands and obscure Japanese and Korean punk bands and stuff like that. That's hard to find. I can't really find some of them on the streaming services. Like I have four albums by a band called High Standard, which is a Japanese punk band. And I can't find them anywhere except for like on Spotify premium. And I'm not paying for Spotify premium. Because fuck that. <laughs> I actually love Spotify Premium and think it's the I best only music recently app. stopped using Spotify Premium because I wasn't using it. I wasn't mm-hmm. like I, 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 I my commute's very different right now with <laughs> the whole global pandemic, so I wasn't using it. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I listen to NPR in the morning. My drive into work, I listen to NPR on the way to work. So, uh, on time, we're over an hour. On the yeah, show already. Almost an hour and a half. Um, so I will mention that pre-orders for Pandemic Legacy Season Zero have been open for a little bit for board games. Uh, it's supposed to be really fucking good. The Shut Up and Sit Down, or Sit Down and Shut Up, or whatever it is. I forget the name of the, uh, the YouTube channel. I think it's Shut Up, Sit Down. Um, uh, spoke very glowingly of it. And I generally do trust his reviews for, I generally do trust their reviews for board games. So if you like legacy style games and weird 1960s era Cold War spy intrigue in your global pandemic game that's not really about a pandemic anymore, it's fantastic. Woo. I haven't played pandemic, so I don't know. We'll have to sit well, down if, you get, if you get Game Pass, we can play the actual game pandemic. pandemic. Pandemic's really fun. I really yeah. like it. I've, um, I've only played it once. It was really fun. Um, so besides that, we were going to do a little talk today about uh, some of the Shadowlands stuff because Chris, Seth, and I kind of had a really long conversation uh, about this last night. Uh, just kind of spinning our, our tinfoil as hard as we possibly could. Uh, spend that info. Yeah. Uh, but we we kind of sat down and so we were talking about Shadowlands as a whole and how we got to this point. Um, it started with us asking, I think somebody asked, oh, I- are they in Shadowlands? Yes, it was me. I asked, would Vary- will Varian Ren potentially be in Shadowlands? And we said, yes. We did maybe. a little bit of question mark. Maybe question mark. Because we did a little bit of digging. Uh, we did a li- and by the way, Chris, I did a little bit more digging. Also, oh, did you? Okay, and he could be and he might not be. It's weird. It's something we're going to have to discuss. Um, because Gul'dan, when when everyone dies, they suppose they're supposed to go to the Shadowlands. Is that what happened? And they're supposed yes. to go to their specific area that's based on who they were as a person and yeah. life. So heaven or hell? Not really. Uh, more like kind which of... circle of hell you go to? Yeah. Although okay. not all of them are hell. 
Yeah, not all of them are hell. So it's so what's the heaven equivalent? Huh? What's the heaven equivalent? Kyrians, essentially. Oribos, not Oribos. Bastion. Bastion is essentially the heaven allegory. Uh, but Chris will tell you that it's kind of weird there, and he doesn't really like it. It's very much a poorly written English dub of an anime. Bastion, it's weird. I don't know how to take it. So, so different types of hell. That's yeah, weird. Hell, I mean. types of hell, essentially, there's different afterlives. You can't look at it in the in the black white dichotomy of heaven and hell, like the the Judeo Christian Western Western concept of heaven and hell. You can't really look at it that way so because four four different afterlives. Multiple. There's more than four. Yes, okay. four. We only get. To, we're only going to be experiencing five because the mall is technically one as well. But there, there are, are more. more there are way more that are available. Um, we just we're not seeing them. It's just like going to Draenor and not go, going to alternate Draenor and not going to the plains of Farallon. Yes, right, but and you, you said something broke and people aren't going to their correct okay, version okay. of let, let hell us, anymore. Let, let, let us dig through this for a second. Let us dig right. through this for a second because I was actually trying to tell Chris something. So Gul'dan kills Varian. Spoiler yes. alert for two years ago. Gul'dan kills Varian. <laughs> Four at this point. Four at this point. Gul'dan kills Varian. So part of the problem may be that Gul'dan himself may have cut a deal with Helia. What? So remember Gul'dan... Let me pull up the uh, the thing I was reading about right there. Uh, also, very quickly, sudden... We, we don't is. know. He should be. He might not be. Varian might not be there. We don't know. <laughs> We're not sure. We're not sure at all. Um... Helia is from the afterlife. Helia is a former Titan Forged sorceress, Titan Forged mm-hmm. wizard. Um, who was forced to be a Valkyr by Odin. Who was supposed to be a Valkyr by Odin and then rebelled against Odin and then was punished by Odin by him essentially making her the jailer of a bunch of sweaty Vikings. Dead to Pretty much. Vikings. Helia is the jailer equivalent to. The Odin, the the Vikings, she was essentially, and she was still alive at that point. Yes, she was still around at that point. Yes, so she's still been around up until Legion. Mm -hmm. She was around up until Legion. Um, so let me see. Let me pull this up real quick. And then in Legion, we killed her in a raid. Kind of, kind of. Um. So, so by the way, Chris, here's the pertinent thing. Um, at an unknown point in time, Helia stole the soul of Illidan Stormrage out of the Twisting Nether and brought him into Helheim. Zera and the Illidari speculate that Gul'dan struck a deal with Helia to get him there. Where's that from? Um, I let me see what the actual like the the quoted article is here. Number twenty one. Helia stole Illidan. Uh, Trial of Valor, the once and future Lord of Shadows. It's apparently a quest chain. Oh damn! I must have not done that quest or blazed right through it yeah uh so yeah it's so apparently um it's the, the speculation is that Gul'dan may have struck a deal with zara may have struck a deal with helia to get illidan's soul out of the twisting nether which sets up everything that happens in legion yeah it does literally sets up the entirety of legion um so what we were talking about to get back onto point to get back onto point is that 
um, Chris asked, is Varian going to be in Shadowlands? Will we find him in Shadowlands? And we were like, maybe. We're not sure. Because in the beginning, we thought, oh, well, he must have died. Because at some point during Shadowlands, at some point during Legion, a device called the Machine of Souls or the Machine of Death breaks. It stops working. And this whole thing is what is supposed to drag souls to where they belong within the Shadowlands. Okay, so it takes you to the afterlife. It it, it dra- well, you die and you your afterlife. The Shadowlands. So, by the way, Kevin, you've been in the Shadowlands thousands of times. Being dead. Yeah, when you die, that's the Shadowlands. The spirit healers are essentially Kyrian. They are people from Bastion. Yep. Okay. So you've been in the Shadowlands thousands of times up to this point. Um, maybe tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, knowing you. Wow, that was savage. Um, <laughs> but the, now the machine that takes me to the Shadowlands is broken, so no, no, I can't no. die. The machine right? that when you go to the Shadowlands, then it's the Sorting Hat. Okay, so okay. The Harry Potter. It now. tells it me what hell I'm going to go to. It tells you what hell you're going to and sends you to the correct hell. Okay. All right. It's broken. Well, so right now, for dummies. Yeah, well, low for dummies. So right now, um. It is just simply dragging you straight into the Maw, which is like bad hell. Which is like the worst of the, the worst, worst hell. hell. the ninth circle of hell. Yeah, oh, it is shit. dragging you okay. to bad hell right now. How do I get out of there? You become the Maw Walkers, which is part of the beta experience. Oh, okay. So we are in the beta. It's a little bit of spoiler. Not much of a spoiler, but very we all matter. It's a very minor spoiler. You... Are you find yourself in the maw and you figure out a way to get out of the maw and you become the maw walker? So you are one of the only people that has ever escaped from the maw. You don't escape from the maw. The maw is a prison. The maw is where once, you go when you get locked up. Once you're there, your soul is tormented for the rest of eternity. Yeah. So you're escaping the maw. So the and jailer then I get to pick what heaven I go to. Kind of, sort of. That's kind of the covenant system. Got it. Um, so the jailer is the main figure of the Maw. All right. He is the the overlord of the Maw, essentially. AKA Saint. Not really, <laughs> no. I would say he's more of like an I would say he's more of like a Michael kind of figure. Like the Archangel Michael. Kinda. The jailer was the jailer was sent there as punishment. Yeah. So he's not actually in charge, he's just he's kind of here. He he's the really big guy in the prison yard. Yeah, pretty much. He's the really big guy that nobody fucks with in the prison yard. So the sorting hat's broken, and we don't know and why. Everybody's going to sli- every, the sorting hat is broken, and everybody's going to Slytherin. <laughs> hey, I am a <laughs> okay. Slytherin. Fuck you. <laughs> I, okay. That's about all I know about Harry Potter lore. So, all right. So I everybody's going Fuck to the you. mall. <clears throat> so how how did the sorting hat break? We don't know. Hmm. That's so the that's, the- that's our theories. That's where the theories are going. So what broke the machine of death, the engine of death? What breaks it and what stops it from working? So the first, the first thing of- we need to figure out though is when. When? So we did a little bit of research. We did a little bit of the this is this is of course very tangential research. This is very tentative. Sorry, very tentative research. Um it we don't have a whole lot of like exact dates and times, but what we do know is that 
one of the one of the only firm facts we know is that Ysera, Ysera, the the titan the of green the green dragonflight, the green aspect of the green dragonflight, Ysera herself, when she dies in Valshara, she is one of the last souls that makes it through the machine and goes to where she belongs. Say that again, Kevin. Into the correct hell. Yes, Ysera uh, that gets processed. Through the Shadowlands, correct. and when was that? That Ys- was in Legion. Alshara in Legion, very start of Legion. Okay, so Ysera so- goes to where all um, world gods go to. Yeah, Sarah went to Ardenweld. What's that called? Ardenweld. Ardenweld. Okay. So the way that Legion's canon timeline works, because of course you can go do your, the zones in any order you want, but the canon timeline for Legion is Azuna, Valshara, Stormheim. Okay. It goes in that order. So it starts with the Broken Shore invasion. Mm-hmm. Goes Very to quick Azuna. point. Just huh? to clarify, for anyone who is listening, everything we are discussing, with the exception of what you said as a minor spoiler, everything else has been released and is available 100% for you to find this information by Blizzard officially. Yeah, this is all official information that has existed for periods of time. So if, if you are tuned in at all, this is information you will have known. If it's if you haven't if you don't tune in at all for any stuff, you know some of this might be kind of spoilery, but nothing overly major. Nothing major. major. Yeah, it's all so, stuff that got released. Re- it's all stuff that got released. Most but of it the from theories are all crackpot. Yeah, the theories are the, all crackpot. The theories yeah. are crackpot as fuck. <laughs> theories crackpot, but most of the official information, like Ysera going to Ardenweald, that was announced at BlizzCon when they were talking about the zones. Yeah, so we all know this. Okay. So the canon progression for for Legion. Uh, for Legion is the Broken Shore campaign, where Varian is captured. Wait, when exactly does Varian die? He dies in Azuna, doesn't Varian he? Dies, Varian dies on the Broken Shore right at the very start. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. When yeah, we yeah. get to the Broken Shore, Varian dies. The Broken Shore happens, Varian dies, then we go to Azuna. Varian and Vol'jin die. Yep. Then we go to Azuna. We then go to we go to Azuna and we fight the Naga in Azuna and mm-hmm. we see the vision of Ajara. Mm-hmm. We then go to Valshara and we begin fighting the forces of the old gods and the corruption of the Emerald Dream. Xavius mm-hmm. corrupts Ysera with a shard of uh, Elgin. The tear of Elun. The tear of Elun. Uh, corrupts Ysera, and then we are forced to kill Ysera. Mm-hmm. Alright, Ysera dies, she goes to the Shadowlands, and ends up in Ardenweld. We then she kill goes to where she's supposed to go. Yeah. We then kill Xavius in that first raid. Mm-hmm. Happens right there. We then go to Stormheim, and in Stormheim, some shit happens. This is where Chris and I, we kind of get this sort of crackpot theory going right here. Yep. Uh, this is where it really kicks into high gear. In Stormheim, if you play the Horde side, there's a quest chain in which Sylvanas is attempting to obtain this object from the goddess of death, Helia. And she strikes a bargain with Helia in exchange for, I don't even remember what the exchange was for. Do you remember, Chris? We don't know. Okay. We so in exchange, we don't actually know what she exchanged for. In exchange for something from Sylvanas, Helia gives her an object called the Soul Cage, which grants her the ability to dominate Valkyr and kind of a little bit of mastery over death. A little bit of further mastery over death. 
that's not, not the sorting, the sorting app. app. No. That that's, is not the sorting app. This something is something completely good. different. Yeah. This is something that gives Sylvanas the power to subjugate the Valkyr and create more of her dark Valkyr, okay. which she uses to resurrect people and herself when she dies. Okay. Okay. Um, we go through the, the you go through the rest of Stormheim and you fight Helia and the Maw of Souls five man and you push her. She runs off and she goes to the Trial of Valor. Between that time frame, Sylvanas tries to use the Soul Cage to um, to subjugate. Einir, Ayir, Ayir, whatever her ear, name is. Ayir, Ayir, the head of the Valkyr, who, by the way, is actually her replacement because Helia was at one point the head of the Valkyr before she rebels against Odin. Mm -hmm. Sylvanas attempts to subjugate Ayir, and we, along with Gin Greymane, interrupt her. Gin out for revenge because of the death of his son. At the hands of the at the hands of uh, forsaken forces, Sylvanas herself. Sylvanas himself. He, as she is channeling this ritual into Ayir to dominate her and convert her into a dark Valkyr, um, Gin interrupts her and engages in a great in-game cutscene, a great uh, a great machinima-style cutscene uh, in-game, in which he distracts Sylvanas enough that he's able to get the soul cage away from her after she fills him full of arrows and he smashes it, shattering it. And just the look on Sylvanas's face during that sequence was beautiful. Mm -hmm. The look on that, that sequence, the look on her face was just fuck was amazing. People into forsaken easier. Yes. It would have made it much easier for her to convert people into forsaken. And it would have made it much easier for her to not die because she would have, it had would have essentially made her invincible. She would have had a fairly limitless stream of dark, uh, of dark Valkyr to re-raise her. Because every time she's died, the dark Valkyr have raised her from the death. From death. And it's because except, it's... For the, except for the first time. No? Well, I thought the first time it wasn't the dark Valkyr that raised her. She just fucking so the, she just comes back. The first, the first time back in the days, obviously, Arthas raised her and then she got her body. Then Ice Crown, when she threw herself off of Ice Crown, Valkyr raised her. And then when... Okay. When uh, Godfrey shot her, Valkyrie raised her again. And Kevin, your mic is fucking up pretty bad. It, is, it has been screwing up kind of badly through this whole time. Way to tell me an hour into the show. I mean, yeah, it's, turned it's off. I turned off crispy. It's, 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 it's very intermittent. It happened periodically. I don't like know what's seconds. going on. Um, so, Dan shatters the soul cage. Trial of Valor happens. All right. So we're back to the beginning of the, we're back to a new timeline. All right. Trial of Valor happens. We beat the shit out of and potentially banish Helia. It's confirmed that she's not dead. Kind of. There kind is, of. There is an island. There is a there is a uh, item that you can discover while on a Cavaldier island expedition in BFA called the Ring of the Reefs. Um to quote the Wowpedia, Gamepedia article about this, sensing Helia's power on the ring, the adventurers bring it to Vandal, uh, Valdemar Stormseeker, who claims that Helia wasn't truly defeated and then she is now growing in power, saying, you cannot kill death. So she's not dead. She's just been banished somewhere. She's gone somewhere. She's fucked off. She's hiding. She's something. Then here's a slight spoiler. So... Skip ahead a little. If you jump ahead two to three minutes, uh, this is your chance. 
So we know Helia returns in Shadowlands, and she is part of the Mossworn who are serving the Jailer himself. So we know this happens. We know she's around. We know she's in Shadowlands. All right. We know Helheim was a different area compared to the Shadowlands. Helheim was Odin's personal hell for bad Vikings. Pretty much. Okay. How the fuck does she get to the Shadowlands? How the fuck does she get there? That's what we're wondering. That's what we're trying to figure out. So we know she ends up in Shadowlands. So we know that the Heart of Corruption or whatever the fuck that first raid in Legion was. Emerald Nightmare. Emerald Nightmare is not the point at which the Shadowlands is broken. Because Helia is there. Because Helia is there. Okay? So you've got Helia right here in the Shadowlands. You've got Ysera dying and then going to the Shadowlands here. So you know this is not the last point. You know this is not the end point at which the shadow, the, the shadow machine, the engine of death, breaks. All right? You know it has to happen at least at some point after Trial of Valor. All right? Trial of Valor is one of the last raids because it goes Trial of Valor and then Nighthold, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's Trial of Valor and then Nighthold. All right? So there's two major theories we're kind of exploring, and I believe Matt Rossi over at Blizzard Watch also has either the same or very similar theories to how this is going. And in fact, that was one of the impetuses and the sparking of me to like do this dive research, do the research dive I've been doing on this. Um, so shout out to Blizzard Watch and uh, Lore Watch and Matt Rossi, Matthew Rossi. Oh, uh, wonderful people. Fantastic folks. Um, so we know that the Sheen of Shadows breaks sometime because we know Legion is when the machine breaks and Shadow and Nighthold, I believe, and Taurus is the last raid in. And Taurus is the last raid, yes. So you have three raid points. On, uh, you have three raids on the timeline. Boop, boop, boop. Trial of Valor as the first one, Nighthold, and then Antorus. So we know at some point between these three raids, the machine breaks. All well, right. you've you've also messed out. Um, you've also messed out um, the Sargeras, <laughs> the Kill Jaden one. What was that called again? What was the Kill Jaden one called? Tomb, Tomb of Sargeras. Tomb of Sargeras. Yeah. So you have Tomb of Sargeras and you have Antorus. So it's four points: Trial, Nighthold, Tomb, Antorus. I believe some point correct. between. Yes, some point between there it broke. Some point we, know, we know it was an Emerald Nightmare. We know it was, we know an it was not Emerald Nightmare. So we know at some point between these, it breaks. We know that Varian might possibly be in the Shadowlands. Or he might not be, because he was exploded by fell magics by Gul'dan. Which could have may, completely just destroyed may, his soul. Who may have had a deal going on with Helia. There's a couple of things that could have happened there. Well, destroyed his soul, sent somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That happened before Emerald Nightmare, and we know that Emerald Nightmare, the sorting hat, was still intact. So yes. he probably is in the correct hell. No, but there was a deal with Helia. We know that Gul'dan we has know. Poss- we know that Gul'dan has possibly had a connection with Helia. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, bets are off. We don't know what the fuck's happening. He could be there locked could be somewhere anywhere. in Helheim. For all we know. And we've just we've never found them, and we will we never will find them. We never will. Yeah, it, it's possible. It's a possibility. Um, oh, I doubt Elby's, 
Elby's theory is that he went to the Nexus. Elby's being facetious. Elby's being um, a dick. Elby's <laughs> just being facetious. So I doubt he's gone forever because let's be honest, what would be a more touching moment than watching the little lion become the great king of Stormwind and then seeing his father again and watching his father's proud look at his face as he wields Quelsarar? Or, yeah, Quelsarar. I think I think it's a blade, whatever the fuck the sword's name no, is. No, it's um da, 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 da. whatever the fuck the dual blade. Yep. Is. I can't whatever the, the fucking fuck sword's called. Okay, so why don't we break it down? Why don't we say it broke in trial? Okay, so if you say it broke in trial, that's fine. Um So that would mean Helia's death broke the Potentially Sorting Hat. If, if with Helia Charlemagne. Chalamet, that's it. Yeah, seeing seeing little Anduin all grown up wielding Chalamet and leading the charge from the front of battle, leading the alliance with with Gin like, at just... his side, with Gin and Jaina at his side, a relatively unified alliance. Yeah, for the first time in decades. Yep. So, so the Sorting Hat breaks during trial. That means Helia's death brings about the breaking of the Sorting Hat. Possibly. Potentially. Possibly. Mm -hmm. So there's also a couple other theories. Like, um, so I'll go through the main theories, and this is a a couple of these are like identical to what Matt Rossi has said. So props to him again. Um, So one of them is that Helia's death breaks the machine, or Helia's defeat breaks the machine. Mm -hmm. One of them is that the soul cage breaking breaks the machine. Hmm. Or so a combination in, of them breaks the in machine. In chronological order, the soul cage breaking breaks the machine. Helia's defeat breaks the machine. Alternate timeline Gul'dan's death breaks the machine. But that's not until Tumasar Garrus? No, or that's Nighthold. That's Nighthold. Nighthold, Nighthold. okay. Nighthold. Literally the next raid. And then Tomb. And then, no, Tomb has, we don't, we don't believe it. Tomb has anything to do with it. No, the last one could be potentially Argus the Unmaker being destroyed. The Titan God of Death. Breaking the machine. Okay. Yeah. So, there's four main theories that we're kind of exploring here. Well, Chris, well why, why not I, something after that, Gav? Like, what about because something there is nothing because, after that. Because, they confirmed, because they confirmed that Legion is when the machine stopped working and souls started going to the wrong, started going to the Maw. Okay, so it's gotta be one of those four events. It's gotta be, there could be a secret behind-the-scenes thing that they decide to spring out of nowhere but from a logical standpoint one of those four events one of these four events right here mm-hmm. is likely what caused this, the events that we're going to be playing through in shadowlands okay we're not sure which one it is and it might it might even be a combination of them yeah it could be a combination of thereof chris chris is very much sold on the soul cage being destroyed and helia's defeat being what breaks the shadowlands, and I'm not too far off on that myself. I'm, I think I'm the so- pretty I well the sold s- on that myself. My my I, my thought is that the soul cage is the thing that broke the ho- that made the hole, and Helia's defeat is the straw that broke the camel's back. That is what just broke the machine. But at the same but time, it, you also huh? Go ahead. You told me that that machine has nothing to do with the sorting hat. No, the, the machine, machine is a sorting the, hat. The machine is the sorting hat. The soul, the engine of death, the machine of death is what puts souls where they belong in into where they belong. 
So that so Gen Greymane breaking okay. it then broke it, right? No, 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 no. no. Okay, you're 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 getting uh, you're getting your mythical MacGuffins mixed up, Kevin. Yes, Soul Cage <laughs> is not the machine. The Soul Cage is a completely different entity from the machine. The Soul okay. Cage is a, the Soul Cage is a separate entity, just like um, the uh, the Helm of Domination. It's a it's a completely separate entity, but it's from the Shadowlands. Arthas's Helm. Arthas is Helm. Yes. But it's from the Shadowlands, so... Yes, the Soul Cage is from the Shadowlands, yes. That's what the theory is. Yes, that a Shadowlands-forged object being destroyed... On the Prime Material. Somehow the fucked material up the, the Sorting Hat. Yes, and LB brings up a left-field theory that is also something that people have been considering as well. Um, this is one of Matt Rossi's theories, uh, if I remember correctly, um, is that when Sargeras dies and plunges his blade into Azeroth. Well, when when Sargeras is beaten and he plunges his blade into Azeroth, that may be the another event that possibly disrupts the Shadowlands. We're not sure. I'm sold on I'm mostly sold on Helia being involved in it. But I also feel that one of the other theories that is out there, which is that alternate timeline Gul'dan dying during Nighthold May actually have had a cause. May actually have played the part in it too, because our Gul'dan's already dead. But then you need to also think: Is the Shadowlands the Shadowlands for ever existence, or does it take? Is the Shadowlands a multiversal place, or is the Shadowlands Shadowlands a single dimensional place? Like when when a Gul'dan in a different timeline dies, do they just smash the two Gul'dans together to be one Gul'dan? So you you guys said that Helia is in the mall. In yeah, Shadowlands? She, is, she is in the mall. We okay. that has been confirmed 100%. She is in the okay. mall. Okay. So to me, that means the sorting hat's still working because she no. went to the worst no. hell. No, 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 no. The thing is, when the sorting hat's broken, the jailer is just directing all the souls to the, to mall. the, mall. the mall. So that's, that's not confirming up. that it's working or not. Yes. Yeah, that's, right. that's not well, confirming. No, it, it confirms that she's traveled into the Shadowlands. That's so, not confirmed whether that was where she was supposed to go or not. Okay, so we don't know if it's broken or not because maybe she was supposed to go there, maybe she was supposed to go somewhere else. Yes, we don't know if it was exactly. broken at the time of the Trial of Valor raid. Okay. We which do is know why that Gul'dan now. and Argus are possible, which is why Gul'dan and Argus are possible breaking events. Yeah, they're also, they, they are, but between what we've discussed, those three events, Argus, uh, Gul'dan, and the Blade being plunged into Azeroth, those are the ones that we're least convinced about. Helia and the Soul Cage are what we think, like Chris and I especially, and I believe Seth is kind of on the same page a little bit too. We think those events right there are what is setting in place, setting in motion the events of Shadowlands. Right. So, uh, yeah, so Varian might very well be in the Shadowlands somewhere, or he might not be. Who knows? We may never see Varian again. It sounds like more likely than not he is because the sorting hat was still in existence, as far as we know. But, but we don't know what sort of crazy fell demon magics Gul'dan was using. Yes, mm-hmm. and when if there was a deal with Hel- between Helia and Gul'dan, that adds another spanner to the work. He could be somewhere in Helheim. He, his soul might not even exist anymore. We don't know. Fell magics, mind you, is what allows orc, the original orc warlocks to rip souls out of the Shadowlands and shove them into dead Stormwind Knights and turn them into Death Knights, the original Death yeah. Knights. The original Death Knights uh, were, were created using fell magic. Yeah, 
they 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 ripped the souls out of the Shadowlands. Or well, technically, what they did was they ripped the souls out of the bodies of orcs and shoved them into the bodies of dead Stormwind Knights to create Death Knights. But at the same time, the current Death Knights, you're a dead body when you become a Death Knight. You are dead. Mm -hmm. You are 100% You're a walking corpse. (laughs) And your soul is ripped back by the power of Frostmourne and, well, the original, the, the original WoW Death Knights, you're ripped back by the power of Frostmourne and your soul is transferred back into your body. So... Tell me why you don't, you're less convinced that those other three events caused any problems. Um, Chris? Um, I... Why not Goldman dying? Chance, give you a chance to talk, Chris. I, I, I don't think... I, I think, for the Gul'dan one specifically, I think that the, the Shadowlands is more than likely multiversal. That's, that's the thing. Is that's what we have to consider. Like, right now, we're running on the, uh, the assumption that the Shadowlands is a nexus point a ley line of all realities rather than a singular reality yeah so he would have I went mean, to the I mean, correct I mean the shadowlands in his reality i made i made the joke of every single gul'dan when they die they just shove them at each other and there you go one gul'dan it's, it's entirely possible that's what happens we don't know but no i i, I do i do believe the shadowland is multiversal so it will go it, all multiverses right will connect. No, all multiverses will connect into the one Shadowlands. Oh, yeah. So, so it, it's, it's I just don't think that would have broken for all points. So it, the Shadowlands is like a toilet. Yes, Shadowlands is Shadowlands is a sewer thing. pipe. Shadowlands oh, is a much. sewer pipe where okay. all toilets lead to the same pipeline. <laughs> there is one hundred percent a possibility that Gul'dan dying on the wrong Azeroth is what broke it. There's a one hundred percent possibility of it. Yeah, it, but, there's, there's a decent possibility that that might have been what broke it also. But uh, if, if you, you are in believing about Gul'dan in Shadowlands. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, you have not I've... heard anything about him being in Shadowlands. If he shows up in Shadowlands, then yeah, we can move our time frame up a little bit and say, okay, it might not have been Helia, or that might have started the events in motion with Trial of Valor, and then Gul'dan, and then it's Argus, and then Sargeras, Sargeras plunging the sword. That could have been what actually, it might have been a carefully constructed plan Rube Goldberg-esque plan in regards to Argus I don't think we're going to see Argus again oh no I doubt we're going to ever see Argus the I I doubt that's ever going to be part of it because I think the best I think this is my hope for the story I think the best way for this story to be told is for what broke the machine to be an actual player in the expansion to be a big player in the expansion which is why more likely Gul'dan, more likely Helia, more likely the Broken Cage, something like that. Yeah. I and the plummeting of the sword. I mean, I I, I want to say we've put, had. I think I think that would put too many eggs into the same basket because you're basically putting the yeah. entirety of the BFA storyline into that basket, and then you're going to put the entirety of the Shadowland story into the same basket. Yeah, I don't think they'll do that. Could it be someone new? I mean, I feel like we've already defeated them as raid bosses before. So, like, why would they recycle the raid Although bosses? You again? see that? Completely possible you see that, that, that mustache twirling villain. Ha ha ha! I have destroyed the machine of death. Now everyone's coming to the mall, and now I'm going to turn the mall into a massive power source, and it's going to become a giant space dragon laser that will bring goats from space down in their spaceships made of crystals. Now you see. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, it, it's entirely possible that it is a that it is a new enemy 
that we've never seen. And you're saying, well, why would they reuse uh, raid bosses? <clears throat> Ragnaros. Pax! 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 Naxxramas. <clears throat> How many times have we killed Kilthas? <clears throat> Only a setback. <laughs> um, so no, it's, it's entirely possible that it's a new villain we've never heard of before. <clears throat> I doubt it because the way that they've been Ar- setting up Archimond. storytelling... <clears throat> Archimond. I, I, <clears throat> I think the way they've been setting up storytelling over the last five to ten years means that it's very unlikely it'll be a brand new villain. Hmm. But it's possible. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, so the other one of the other interesting things is though, uh, Sar, uh, I believe it's Argus that does it, but Sar, the one of the reasons why demons don't really die and why you're not going to find a lot of demons in the Shadowlands except for maybe mm-hmm. the Naprazim mm-hmm. is because Sarger, Sargeras was using, I believe he's using, uh, Argus, Argus, he's and using the world soul, he's using the world soul of Argus to rip demons out of the pipeline to the Shadowlands and throw them back into the Twisting Nether. Yep. So that's why demons don't canonically die. That's why you fight uh, Balnazar and you fight um, the other... Tychondrius. That's why you fight them so many times is because every time they've died, Sargeras, Sargeras is just like, yeah, nope, that's not happening. Yoink, go back to the Twisting Nether and heal up, asshole. Pretty much. Yeah. So, but with... But that doesn't work Ar- anymore. No, it doesn't. With Sargeras dead, Sargeras dead, and not dead. not dead, locked away, and Argus dead. Super dead, super dead. Argus <laughs> being super dead now. <laughs> but that's another reason why the Argus theory is kind of got a little weight to it. That's why I'm not 100% not sold on the Argus theory. Because he did have command over death so not a hundred percent sure there i think i think the only i think the only there's two theories that have less weight than the other ones and that's the guldan one and the sword the sword those are the two theories that i think we're saying very unlikely the other ones those are in the 50 percent or less pile yeah guldan himself is on uh, the, sorry, Argus is on the fifty percent pile, and Helia and the Soul Cage is on like the sixty percent pile. Yeah, that's how I even give that a little more. I'd even give that one a little more. Yeah, that's like in the seventy-five percent pile. So you got Helia and the Soul Cage over on the seventy-five percent pile. You have Argus on the fifty percent pile, and then you have Gul'dan and the Blade being plunged into Azeroth on the twenty-five percent pile. So, yeah, yeah, no, that doesn't make a hundred, but yeah. <laughs> Well, no, I'm not saying that it makes a hundred. No, I know, I know. I'm just... So that's kind of where we're looking at it going into yeah. Shadowlands. LB, LB makes a good point. Why aren't we just going to fight the Jailer? I mean, is the Jailer going to be a raid boss? Probably. More than likely. Because we... Uh, spoilers, if you're not keeping up with Shadowlands stuff, mute me for the next 30 seconds or so. All right, or jump forward about a minute and a half of the show. I will drop my hand when you can talk. Okay. All right. So the thing is, is that we know that the jailer is not the power behind the maw. He is merely a tool in the maw. No, not a caretaker. He is a tool being manipulated by someone else. Okay. But we don't know who, we we don't know who's controlling him. 
Seth, we already 100% know that. We know that he is we know not, he's the, not big the big bad. bad. Yeah. But we know that we don't know who is behind him. So, uh, that's all I'm going to say on that. Can and I drop spoiler. my hand there? Yes. Go ahead. In spoiler. In the spoilers! So that's where we're kind of sitting. That's where Chris and I are kind of sitting right now. And Seth to a degree as well. Um, I'm not going to speak for Seth because he's not here. But he is here. Um, but yeah, we're we're pretty sold on Helia or the Soul Cage being the impetus behind Shadow End. But we'll find out when the game actually comes out. When the story progresses. And to be honest... The way they've set this story up, it is actually quite an uh, quite interesting. It's not mm-hmm. like BFA where it was oh Horde Alliance, uh, 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 oh uh, corruption. Uh, this is actually quite interesting. See, what I want now is I want Chronicle Volume Four covering oh, yes. BFA and the end of Legion. Yes, we need we need uh, we need Chronicle need, Volume Four to I explain everything that happened. In Legion, I need a definitive answer on what canon happens between that time frame. We need a canonical. We need I, we need I, a I canon need version for Legion. We need, I need a canon explanation of events that happened during Legion. For the thing is, as no far as I know, Chronicle Three only goes up to Cataclysm. I believe it just goes up to Cataclysm. Yes. So, so we, we have need warlords. Mists, we need warlords. We need Legion and BFA. Yeah, we do need a definitive retcon, Seth. I mean, he's right. He's one hundred percent right. He's one hundred percent right. But so, long story short, that's where we're kind of at. We're at two hours on this show. I think we're pretty much done at this point. I don't have too much more to add besides just going over the same theories over and over and over again. Chris. No, agreed. Agreed. I think I think we got through it all. Yeah, I think we've kind of gone through everything. Um, so, Kevin, do you have anything else you wanted to add on that portion, like the Hellia discussion or the Shadowlands discussion? Did you I mean, understand it all? <laughs> I understand it more when you guys put it into different terms Harry so that Potter I could terms? understand it. Yeah, Harry Potter and sewer and sewer management. Well, thinking about <laughs> it like heaven and hell and things like that, I think it's easier to understand. I mean, it's easier to understand. It's not strictly the correct definition you yeah i understand it. but it's, yeah. close. it's more nine circles of hell yeah it's, but you understand it's but close it's more dante's inferno it is more kind dante. of yeah it is more dante's inferno <laughs> the nine circles of hell yeah um yeah so that i kind of understand more i i think that it's Helia, honestly because i think Helia would be a big bad to fight later i don't think Helia is behind everything i think Helia is a is a cog in the machine uh, yeah, she's a pawn, and she's the. She, in my opinion, she's potentially the thing that caused all this. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, if she's Sylvanas behind it, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think Sylvanas is even the big bad behind this. I think Sylvanas. No, I don't think she is. I think she's going to be a. I think Sylvanas is actually going to be more of a minor player. I think. I think I'm, that she's going right to be now. a big bad too. She will be, but I'm calling it right now. Wansamdi is the final. Is, is the big bad of the whole thing. What? Get out. No, no. Get no. out of here. No. Call it right now. Where's that you. coming from? No. Chris says no because he just likes Bonsomni. No, says you're pulling. No because he likes that Bonsomni. has had nothing to do with any of the discussions that we just had for the past 30 minutes. No, but Chris okay, does so really like Bonsomni. Chris really does like Bonsomni. But at the same time, if you go through both sides of the uh, BFA campaign, Bonsomni's up to something. He is. Oh no, I'm not saying we can trust him. Because he showed up when we brought Rastakhan back. I just did that quest the other day. Yeah. Well, when you bring King Rastakhan back, he like shows up and laughs. 
his whole point is that he want he wanted to get King Rasakang's soul because uh, R- uh, Razan has been keeping him alive for decades, for years that he shouldn't have been alive. But I like, still think he's up to something. He's he's a big part of the afterlife in general, so he's got to be in yeah. Shadowland well, somewhere. Yeah. He will definitely. Yes. He's, he's the Loa of death. He's a lot like how Argus was the Titan of death. Bonsamdi is the Troll Loa of death. I mean, if yes. Argus oh is God. the, if he's the Titan of death, he should be in there too, right? Theoretically, but no. Depending on when, depending on how things happen, and like, we don't know what happens when you destroy a world soul. We hmm. literally don't know what happens when a world soul dies. We know the um, planet dies with it. I mean, we we know what happens if you if you kill a live like a an already born world soul, but the, the world we don't soul, know what happens with their soul though. Like the egg, we have no idea. But no, what I'm saying is like when we kill Argus, we don't know what happens to his soul. We don't know what happens to him. Especially if the machine was already broken. We don't know what the fuck's going on with Argus. So, well, if the if the machine was broken, he would have went to the mall with everybody else. Theoretically, Argus, depending on if right. souls do things the same way that regular yeah. souls do, that's, that's what I'm saying. Ooh. That's what I'm saying. Is like, do world souls do the same thing that regular souls do? Also, what the fuck is what the fuck is going to happen when Azeroth births? We don't know that either. Are we, we all going to die? Theoretically, like the birth of a world soul is supposed to kind of destroy a planet. Are kinda. we all just gonna? Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? Like, is it gonna spawn a moon? Is that what it is? It gave, like the earth gave birth to the moon. <laughs> is that what's gonna happen? Azor Authority has two moons. Mm. You don't need a third. Uh,. See, the funny part is, is that what I really want now is I just want more definitive information about Elun. Oh, we're never going to get definitive information about Elun. They're always going to keep that shit a mystery. Yeah, I know. But it's really annoying because you have all this stuff where, like, Elun actually, like, listens think- to Taronda and empowers mm-hmm. her with power of the Night Warrior. It's like, okay, it's so thing- Elune's really a thing. All right. It's not just like, oh, Elune is really an aspect of Azeroth. Crazy- crazy thing is that we've, we've always been like, oh, Elune's an aspect of Azeroth, or Elune was um, the Night Elf's name for um, Eonar, or, or, or the Earth Mother. No, Elune is a fucking actual god. And then, and then it turns out, like, when they're talking about Earth Mother, they've kind of retconned that to be Azeroth at this point now. Not just Therizane, mm-hmm. it's kind of Azeroth now when the Torrens talk about it. So it's kind of... It's kind of fucked up. Yeah, fucking retcons left and fucking right. Retcons everywhere. So, well, look that, at all of this. That will be a crackpot theory for another day. Yes. I do like it when we do our crackpot theories, so it's fun. We are not wrapping it up, Kevin. I'm actually going to go longer now because you <laughs> put that in the notes. I'm going to go longer because you put that in the notes. So, Chris, what are your theories about what Sylvanas is currently up to right now? Oh, she's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, you know better. I was trying to wrap the show up. You know better than to and write then you started like talking about a loon and other things. I don't know and what's that was going to be anymore. the end of it, but you had to say something, didn't you, buddy? It, you had to say something. But think about how much you had to like give me analogies for just to understand what you were talking about for the last 30 minutes. Yeah, can you, can you imagine I was trying to explain a loon to him? 
So what they think is that the moon that they commonly associate with a loon is actually a fucking egg for a minor world soul. That's one of the theories. That Kevin's that just a, like, what? Is that an actual theory? Fuck this that egg shit. That's actually a minor theory. Um, Kevin, do you have anything else you want to go over or anything you want to talk about before the end of the show? Uh, no, I don't. Chris? No, no, I'm good. I'm hungry. I want to go eat. Gav, fuck ice cream trucks. Um, yeah, did you hear the ice cream truck? Yes, we yeah. clearly heard it, and Twitch heard it as well, too. Sorry, guys. Um, all right, do that or don't do that. Christopher. Um, just be good to people. Just be good, just be good to one another. Kevin. Don't buy max level boosts. Um, <laughs> don't, uh, don't tell me to wrap it up when I'm trying to wrap it up already. Um, so yeah, that's going to be the, that's going to be the entirety of, uh, the show this week, folks to, uh, we're going to go ahead and do one more little plug right here, uh, for the podcast version, uh, for the, uh, shady, uh, for the shady, uh, charity event. Uh, we're going to plug that one more time real quick. Uh, and I plug it on the outro. Yeah. Right before the outro. That's totally fine. Or right on during the outro, either way. During the outro. Okay. Yeah. During the outro is perfectly fine. Um, it is uh, Guild on Area 52. I believe it's the Outcasts, correct? Yep. The Outcasts You're on Area 52, which most of the most of the Azeroth Coast to Coast community is associated with or in. Um, so, yeah. it's Whether uh, they know it or not. Whether they know it or not, yeah. Um, so, that uh, it's, a, it's a good cause and uh, just do what you can if you can. Um, so that's going to be the show for this week, folks. Talk to us during the week. You can find us on Twitter. The show is at AzerothCTC. Mr. Kevin over here is at SwingCat with a K. Chris is at Akari underscore Mad Guy. Of course, I'm at Gavril. That's two eyes, one L underscore ET. Neth is, of course, at Nethwinch and not here today, which we never mentioned. Uh, so you can send emails to <laughs> feedback at AzerothCTC.com. We love to hear from you. Join us live on Saturdays when we record and stream the show on twitch.tv slash AzerothCTC. Links to today's show, you can visit the website at www.azerothctc.com. Choose to review SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play Music, which will now be Google Podcasts whatever it is that you use to put sounds into your brain and have your tympanic nerves convert into sound electrical waves and then convert into speech through electrical uh, impulses in your brain. Um, say, follow us on Twitch, boys and girls. Follow us on follow Twitch. Follow us on Twitch. Hey there, I'm Nick, or Nah for short. My guild, the outcasts on Area 52, are planning to run a charity event that we're calling Shady Wish in honor of our guildy Shady, who sadly passed away in 2019. This is the second charity event the Outcasts have done, as we did the same for a guildy named Egon in 2016. His event, as some of you may remember, was called Moosawish, and raised over $6,000 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which was donated in his memory. Shady loved animals, and we felt it only appropriate that this event raise funds for a charity he would have loved to support. And so, we are carrying people through Heroic Nazoth to help bring attention to our fundraising efforts. Keep an eye out on r slash wow subreddit for the upcoming post with all the relevant information, and I hope to see you in there.